3: Happy Kwanzaa family, and thanks for starting your Tuesday with us. Later, futuristic researcher Siddiqui Bakari will provide us with an AI, artificial intelligence update. Brother Siddiqui will also explain God Activision technology and Ascension algorithm and their relationship to transhumanism. But to get us started this morning, political blogger Brandon is here. Good morning, Brandon. How you doing, Carl? Happy Kwanzaa, brother.
2: Happy Kwanzaa to you, too.
3: <laughs> All right, this this first day of Kwanzaa, let's get it started here. Uh, let's look at look what's going on with with Donald Trump. Seems like he believes he's because whatever he does as president doesn't count. It, it, you know, that's his basis of his his, uh, his legal uh, appeals. That as long as I am president, I am above the law, and, and straight yeah. up. And, the, and we saw what happened in Colorado. How do you see that? Is that is that working for? Is he using that to work for him, or, or is it working against him? How do you see it? Well, you know, this was adjudicated
2: years ago, um, before my time, but early enough to where I could get the information by the time I was in high school. And a lot of voters now that are the millennials and Gen Zers, um, I don't think they even have heard the term before. They can't correlate it to, you you remember it, um, the imperial presidency. Uh, that was a concept from Richard Nixon. If the president does it, it's not against the law. I know you remember him saying that. He said that in the interview with David uh, David Frost, I believe it was. Uh, yeah. Trump has Trump has put steroids on that, and Trump believes now. You know, and this is this is a a new turn for what he's trying to do. You know, he's trying to say that you know whatever I did, I did in office, and because Um, it's, you know, I'm president of the United States. As a matter of fact, at one point they say there wasn't even an office because there's language that specifically speaks towards an office. But he says, um, I'm president and I was working on behalf of the country and so thus it can't be a crime and blah, blah, this. And, and, um, I have immunization against, um, any type of, um, any type of legal action. Now, here's the thing though, the section three of the constitution, um, is a – it is a political tool, not a – not politics in the sense of, you know, um, propaganda, who's who's going to be – you know, who's on first or anything like that. It's political in the sense of um, it is the law of how to deal with certain uh, situations. And it came about directly after the Civil War because basically – um, they didn't want people who had just started this disastrous war and this young nation and you know, almost destroyed the economy and everything and wanted people uh, to, to return people into – excuse me, to make that the next growth of the nation to be uh, enslavers. Uh, they didn't want them to be in the midst of you know, controlling anything, especially the economy. Because they had to find a way at the end of the Civil War, they had to find a way to get the economy, the nation's economy, back on its feet. It, you know, it was a lot slower back then, but they still had to find a way without dealing with some of the problems that came out of the Civil War. One of them was uh, counterfeit money, and so they put in this uh, the Fourteenth Amendment. And Section Three of the Fourteenth Amendment says no person shall uh, shall be a senator, representative in Congress, or elector of president and Vice President, or hold any office, civil or military, under the United States, under any state, who, having previously taken an oath as a member of Congress, or as an officer of the United States, or as a member of any state legislator, or as an executive or judicial officer of any state to support the Constitution of the United States, shall have engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the same, or given aid and comfort to the enemies thereof. OK, now that is the that is the full extent of that section. But it covers pretty much. It, it basically says if you took an oath and you broke that oath, then you can't be uh, in any powerful position in the government. But it actually does have relief for that. It says,
3: but Congress. Well, made- hold that though right there, Brandon. Hold thought real quick, because, you know, his supporters saying he did not say he took an oath to support the Constitution. They say he took an oath to defend the Constitution. Are they splitting hairs right here? Yes. Semantics.
2: Yes, absolutely. The the anybody who all these people, um, especially the higher higher up offices, all take the same mode. So, I mean, except that, the, you know, the titles changed. He his, uh one of his arguments was um, the president isn't an officer of the United States. So he's trying to he's trying to dissect the language so that it doesn't apply to him, which is something that you know he's been able to get away with in all kinds of different parts of the of, of, for his life. In, in any many cases, he just you know goes in there and dissects something, turns it upside down, has 15 lawyers, um, then they delay, 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 and everything. You know the, the charges are dropped. But this is a situation with Trump. It's not a criminal case. This is a case that is brought. Um, there were four, I want to say four or six um, voters a Republican that bought the case and it went to the Colorado um, Supreme Court. Now I'm, I, was, I was saying at the end, it, this, it can be remedied by Congress doing um, having a, a two-thirds vote in each house to vote in his favor. You know that, that, That's something to think about Carl, because there's a circle here that goes on. There's a connection here everybody kind of believes that this is going to end up falling on the Supreme Court's desk sooner rather than later. Um, there are some people who have the mindset that the, the Supreme Court is corrupt. It's um, corrupt towards conservatism. And so they're going to kick the can down the road past the election so that he never has to come up for this in front of the election. There's some people that said, other people say that they may take it up and just rule in his favor. That would be chaos, of course, because it would it would start this whole thing with Uh, what we call uh, state's rights Um, something that you know i think most afro-americans politically astute understand the terribleness of those words and how they apply to us states rights was how they were able to um, codify uh, jim crow into the laws of this nation so the other side of this of course is um or the interesting part to me is that you know in order to get rid of a a uh Supreme court justice, you do, you, you need the same kind of vote on <laughs> two thirds in the houses to get rid of a Supreme court justice to impeach a Supreme court justice. And we know, uh, because of the great reporting, um, that's out there, uh, that justice Thomas is, you know, possibly one of the most broadly, and I'm not, cause I don't know the history of all the Supreme court, but he's certainly, um, possibly one of the most broadly corrupt. That we've seen in regards to you know getting gifts and you know an RV and his having his grandnephew's education paid for and all these different things. So th- th- these things don't seem like they connect, but in a weird way um, they often do. Trump is arguing for the imperial presidency, and as I can remember, most of the white history taught to me about this nation it was de- decidedly against a person having the. Power to do exactly what Trump is trying to do.
3: So, how do you explain? Because we we all took the same. Well, most of us took the same civics class, so we understand how the government works. It's to some extent. How do you explain the the, the huge support? does he have a huge support? Is it just a lot of a few people making a loud noises? How do you see the, his support?
2: You know, it's very difficult. I'm gonna tell you something. There was a there's a um, a window into the phenomena of what, of what has happened, and. Most of it, I don't want to always set it at, you know me, Carl, I usually say that things are a bit more complicated, or at least more involved than what, what you normally can just get out of 20 seconds. Um, but there was something that went that made the rounds, and this is regarding the messaging and the ideals that are coming out of media and the new media, which is, I think, fell just overwhelmingly with Trump because they're getting paid. Because you know, the Trump presidency and the chaos that it caused and the interest in the news.
4: Life
1: is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kisimta Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kisimta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation.
2: Got them eyes and those eyes uh, got... Uh, Advertisers and those advertisers paid and it, it was a, it was a boom for many uh, media outlets. But there was a phenomenon that happened and that that uh, went viral. and It was off the Joe Rogan show. And Joe Rogan was sitting there talking and he says, you know, Biden, he's talking to one of his panelists and he says, you know, Biden said this thing about, you know, uh, that they didn't have airports in the Civil War. And he says, and he's saying things like, you know, this is crazy. You know, this guy is, he's gone. He needs to be pulled like you would pull a player from off the court. Um, you know, a coach would pull a player off the court. He's basically saying that Biden is old and his mind is gone. And he's saying all these things. He's basically saying it's time for Biden. Just They just need to retire him and blah, blah, blah. Right. And he's talking. Then he plays the clip. And Biden says, he says, now here's this guy. And he says, he, he says that, you know. Uh, what a war would have been if they had had airports, So that's that point, I'm paraphrasing what Biden said. The clip plays, uh, Rogan sits there for a moment, and then his producer comes on and tells him that what Biden was talking about was a quote from Trump, that Trump had made the connection to um, um, airports and the Revolutionary War. And uh, I think I was saying civil, but It was about the Revolutionary War, so I have to correct myself. Um, And then Joe Rogan, once he heard that, and I think they actually played it, once he heard it, he said, oh, oh, well, he just bleeped, you know, he just messed up. He didn't say messed up. He said the F word. but. And they were like, yeah, well, that happens. Now, 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 now that's, a, that's a small frame, Carl, but it shows you the difference. And I'm not really here just talking about bias. I'm talking about the idea that you just turn away from the fact that Trump's, um, his amateurishness and his hubris and his narcissism has him say and do things that are preposterous and ridiculous for a person for such a Serious job. That job means lives. And you have somebody in there who talks and talks and talks around it and does not know what he's doing. He never did know what he's doing. But the worst thing for the American people, he didn't care that he didn't know. Do You see what I'm saying? And so that type of hubris speaks to people. It, at least when you're, uh, when, when someone can be so boisterous, and even if they're wrong, the loud part, the loud part draws people. Uh, a, a An uneducated man will uh, think that the loud part is indeed strength when it is not. And I, I and I, I agree with some of the people that are saying, especially some of the younger Democrats, that say that de- the Democratic Party doesn't speak boldly enough. They don't, they, they're, they're too many times that they're wandering around, you know, trying to be correct. And I'm not talking about correctness. I'm talking about correct instead of, you know, touting, Um, what they've gotten done. Now, that's one thing that the Republicans are very good at. But I'm saying that people follow this loud and proud, but it's also being buttressed by a media that doesn't hold him to task. Look how long it's taken for them to even look at the fact this man had secrets stashed in a toilet
3: stashed in a bathroom and hold that thought there because i know you want to drill down on that and i want you to do as well because some people don't understand the depth of what he went and what he did but when you come back though tell us why the media sort of look the other way you know almost collectively of what what he has done and, and now they're you know every time it's or somebody digs a little deeper and they find some dirt they get attacked why is this going on? Why is the media giving him a pass? Why don't you tell us about that when we get back? But we got to take a quick break here and take a, the first look at our traffic and weather in our different cities. It's 13 after the top of the hour family. We'll be back in four minutes with Brandon. You want to join this conversation? Reach out to us at 800-450-7876. We'll be back right here in Baltimore on 1010 WOLB. Also in the DMV, we're on FM 95.9 at AM 1450. WOL, where information is power. And good morning again, family. Happy Kwanzaa, Umoja, Unity, the first day of Kwanzaa. Our guest is a political blogger, Brandon, here discussing Donald Trump. <laughs> and I don't get Brandon's thoughts because we know right before we left with the traffic and weather update, my question to him was... Why is he uh, being treated differently? Why the media hasn't done a deep dive into, you know, we talked about what's going on in Mar-a-Lago with the, with the documents, you know, even even his his relationship with Putin, and they sort of have a hands-off on him. Why do you think this is so, Brandon? Why is he, this is a double standard for, for Donald Trump?
2: I mean, you know, from my citizen journalist days, um, uh, when I... And I was even back in the day when I was reporting for you you know out in the streets and just you know talking to people, I've learned to listen to what they have to say first. And you know um, uh, the ideas that come out um, usually are not as complicated as you think if you talk to enough people you can, you can see the philosophy or maybe the zeitgeist around a specific issue that is coming. I would ask you I would put you on the block because these are your brethren, these are your cohorts, these are your, you know, the people that you, uh, you know, you guys went to journalism school, you guys practiced different types of journalism. And I, w- I would have to say that there is a, there is a, um, an incredible need. And this has to do with what Tassan and Kate Coates talk about too, and other uh, great writers, that the, um, the privilege, the idea of privilege occurs in these upper echelons, these upper areas in a way that people don't quite understand, you know, to be a journalist or to go to college and do these certain things. Sometimes you have to have money to even go into these certain fields. Your family has to have money, you know what I'm saying? And so you come out as a certain type of person reporting a certain type of field. And I think to be quite honest with you, it was the money that the Trump campaign could bring them from uh mag- or the, or the, the conservative use America. Remember you know, they were getting views, they were getting followed by huge chunks of low, middle-to-low income America, white America. And only now has it concentrated down to kind of a kernel. But for a while, I mean, Fox News was just dominant. And it was so, over. think about it, Carl, it was so overflowing coming from this particular side of the court that too new um, two new Newsmax and, uh, the other one looks my mine right now, uh, two new conservative news organizations started. You see what I'm saying? These things, I'm not saying that, that they're wildly successful, but it was enough overflow for them. Say, okay. We can get into this market too. And, you know, America at its core has still has to deal with white supremacy and the ideal of, of white supremacy all up through our economy. So I think that's the first one. The second one is the philosophical view, which I, you know, it happened right in front of eyes. I'll give you an example. Trump started, when he came down that escalator, he started talking about immigrants. That's the first thing he said. He's doing it now again, but it's even, it's more Hitlerian now. But at that time, it was still bad. They're not sending us their best, you know, and he was talking about brown people. And at the time, Uh, There was a couple people that said, wait a minute, you know, um, was it three or two of your three wives were immigrants? And they looked into Melania, and uh, a report came out from the AP uh, said that she had worked in this country without a visa for for a period of time. I'm going to read you the statement. This is one statement from that time. It's 2016. The documents obtained by AP show that she was paid for modeling ten assignments between September 10th and October 15th during a time when her visa allowed her generally to be in the United States and look for work but not perform paid work in the country. The documents examined by the AP indicate that the modeling assignments would have been outside the bounds of her visa. That is huge. That that was huge. That actually would have almost almost in any other case triggered a criminal investigation, and yet nothing happened. It got worse than nothing. She received some Einstein Award, uh, and then later on, her whole family was brought over and made citizens of the United States right in the face of an entire chunk of the United States, you know, screaming racial epithets and, and, and slurs at people that they actually need to come over here and do the work that they don't want to do. And so the news media is a part of those individuals.
3: Well, well before you, let's let's look at that immigration thing because he mentioned something in a speech recently about poisoning our, our blood. Maybe you can correct me on what he was saying. And on the backdrop of that, since you mentioned, he talked about immigrants and Africans mm. and with, with such disdain, mm. and yet he married two immigrants. His children, exactly. a, 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 a child of immigrants, but. Right. They're, they're, I guess, they're the wrong color. Explain what what was going on when that, and and is there any ties? Because there's a lot of reports of what he said, Hitler had said before. Is there any ties that or is that just internet chatter?
2: Yes, th- no, it's not a chatter. It's this directly from uh, Hitler's speeches, um, and I think Mein Kampf as well. Uh, he Hitler would often refer him to refer to. Um, what he was talking about mostly were um, mixed, what we would call mixed children in Germany, mixed, the mixed people who are poisoning our blood. That's what Hitler would say. And let me tell you, there's some ramifications. Is there's, there's a deep-seated, um, and I've talked, I talked about it the last time I was on. So I just want to be clear that we understand what he's talking about. Trump is trying to make it just like a throwaway line. And he said, you know, they're not sending us, once again, their best, they're coming out of mental institutions, blah, 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 and they're poisoning our blood. They're coming from Africa, they're coming from Asia. When he said Africa, I thought he was talking about Elon Musk, another person, because Elon Musk was born in Africa, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) And okay, if you're talking about poisoning blood, then let's examine that side. But um, back to the point at hand is when Hitler talked about it, here's what the Nazis did. There was a there was a foreign legion that was connected with the French, French Indochina, as well as French Africa. And uh, after World War One, they were, a lot of those people were stationed in Germany, you know, just to, to, to occupy the territory. Uh, some of them in the, and what's called the Rhineland. And they began to have relationships with German women and men and whatever. And they had children. And some of these mixed children, by the time Hitler was saying that, and the Nazis came to power, they were adolescents, and the Nazis began to sterilize them. So from those words to action, do you understand what I'm saying? It only these words begin the process of dehumanization. The actions implement the process of dehumanization. So the the idea of the media sitting there on its hands while this man says things like "I'll be a dictator for a day." I'm not going to be a dictator for the whole time I'm in office. I'll be a dictator for a day and says things like poisoning our blood, which is hearkening back to Hitlerian speech and the idea of the speech. And I think he he kept a everybody said he kept a, a book of uh, he kept Mein Kampf next to his bed. He did not. He kept a book of speeches, Hitler's speeches, um, next to his bed. And from these type of speeches comes the villainy of dehumanization that you can easily topple into, and yet. Our media, you know, they act shocked and astounded, but they're not calling him what he is, he is, you know, he is uh, using these racist racist slurs because he's looking to demonize an entire chunk of the United States of America so that he can become a dictator. These are the, This is the language of a dictator. They don't want to say that. Why? Because of money and, of course, the complication of turns in politics. But so what? MSNBC did, I I know you have, uh, you have to go to a break in a minute, but I just, I don't want to go on this topic without talking about this. Um, Mehdi Hassan has disappeared. He's supposed to be on, he had, Mehdi Hassan is a a British nationalist who is a, uh, uh, he has um, Middle East um, heritage. He's a brilliant reporter. And he came to the United States, became a citizen, and brought with him this kind of British style, what used to be the American style of reporting, which is, you know, straight across the bow, kind of a Mike Wallace thing, gonna ask you the straight question. Let's see what's happening. I have I have the research in front of me. So if you try to sway and go to different off ramps I got it here. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask follow ups. And you know, he, he held his ground brilliantly. Uh, first, when um, the war in Israel started, um, the war excuse me—the war in uh, Gaza started, he and three other, two other reporters who have done brilliant work um, disappeared for weeks. MSNBC didn't say anything, neither did most of the hosts on MSNBC. Now, this is supposed to be the liberal side of media, right? Then, Mehdi Hassan all of a sudden loses his show. Now, he's one of the main people that you need to have on the air right now. He's an international reporter, he's, he's done his work, he's done his bones, he knows what he's doing, and he has a connection with people around the world to be able to have these conversations. Also, he will ask the tough questions of, of this dictator that's running for office, the new the, the, and the black woman that's running that, uh, that outfit. And the problem is, is that the media is saying, okay, well, even in MSNBC, they're making a calculation based on – the bag, money, chips, whatever you want to call it. And it's at the, it's at the, the risk or at least the expense of knowledge of what we need to be discussing. And instead what we end up is pablum. We end up with the, is pablum and it's just, it's, um, and I, I would say that you would have a, a more of an insight because to run a, a newsroom is very difficult, but to continuously, make these quote unquote gaffes or make these decisions that are bad. No, they're they're leaning towards the money, which is almost always conservative. We're looking at the, the disparity between the, you know, hugely wealthy and the corporations that run things and and just the rest of us.
3: Yeah. Right. Let me jump in here at 29 away from the top of the hour. But you mean chasing the money. We can see that what's happening with those who, who try to speak out on the college campuses. They're going after the college mm-hmm. presidents now. Mm-hmm. Uh, freedom mm-hmm. of speech is is, is, is you know, there's a line drawn for freedom of speech. If you mm-hmm. criticize something they don't like, then it, you know, then, it, then you, you've you crossed that line. And they'll say, well, it's mm-hmm. anti-Semitic and we're going to move you out. or We're going to withhold our money. And I'm mm-hmm. glad to see that some of the colleges stood up. But then they're coming back in full force on them, especially on the sister at Harvard. I want to get your thoughts Mm -hmm. on that.
2: Well, President Gay, uh, her name is Claudine Gay, is in a tough spot because Harvard is a uh, prestigious elite, elitist institution and it ain't going to get, you know, it ain't going to, it ain't going to open up and, you know, be outside, so to speak, just because they put a black woman there. As a matter of fact, um, sometimes they put black people at the head of something when the the ship is going through stormy weather. So they can take everything on their back and then when everything, when when the black person is able to uh, uh, fix everything and ride it out, then it's time for them to go. And that's precisely, I think, what happened with President Obama, what he was handed with from the Bush uh, organization. Um, and, the si- and the sister at MSNBC is Rashida Jones. Uh, she's just been moving, you know, she's been making moves that I just, some of them I just simply, I simply don't agree with, but as far as the the education and going back and forth with these things, you know, freedom of speech, Carl, is so you don't you're not imprisoned. It doesn't mean that private institutions have to bow to you. Now there, there we do have civil rights also, so you do have the right to say certain things, and they can't just fire you just because. But private institutions have a lot of leeway in this situation, and um, people need to remember that that that's that's the way it works. It works for me. It works for you. It works against people. You know. Now it doesn't. It doesn't uh, protect hate speech, and that's because hate speech itself has been shown, at least in our culture and in our uh, civilization, to lead to deaths. But um, freedom of speech it's the it's the reason why you know the reason why you can still look at some people and hear from them, you know, some of the most heinous stuff coming out their mouth, heinous and ignorant things that come out their mouth that would lead you know, that, that lowers the IQ, the national IQ. You right. know and hold
3: that thought right there, Brandon. We've got to take another quick break. I'll let you pick it up on the other side. we got to check the latest news, traffic, and weather in our different cities. We're 26 minutes away from the top. I'll be back in four minutes with Brandon. You want to join this conversation with our political blogger? Reach out to us at 800-450-7876. Your phone calls in four minutes. Right here in Baltimore on 1010 WLB. If you're in the DMV, we're on FM 95.9 and AM 1450 W. UOL, or information is power. And good morning again, family. Happy Kwanzaa. It's 20 minutes away from the top of the hour. It's the first day of Kwanzaa. Umoja, which means unity, something we should all strive for. Our guest is political blogger Brandon. We're chopping it up with politics with Brandon, as we usually do. You can check in as well. Join us at 800-450-7876. Before we go back to Brandon, though, let me remind you coming up later this morning, we're going to speak with futuristic researcher Brother Sadiqi Bakari. He always gives us an update on AI, artificial intelligence. Later this week, journalist Brother Obi is going to be here, along with Pan-African Reparationist Dr. David Horn. So, if you're in uh, Baltimore, make sure your radio's locked in tight on 1010W. Wolb free in the DMV. We're on FM 95.9 and AM 1450 WOL. So Brandon, I'll let you finish your thought. We're, we're talking about politics.
2: Yeah. I mean, um, I think the, the broader sense just to finish up what was what you, when you ask the question is why, why is this happening and why the, why the media is allowing. And, and, and like I said, I'm just a guy. So um, I'm not an expert like yourself or someone who, who deals with it 24 um, seven but it's really important because the landscape has changed and you have uh, TikTok is is hugely important to to educating or exposing, I should say, more importantly um, a great deal of many people, specifically um, Gen Zers and Millennials to not just information, but topics of information, to even begin the discussions. And these platforms are doing it better. It was one of my problems with Musk taking over um, Twitter, uh, and he has, has had his way with it, and I think has really been a big problem because Carl, you know, in certain countries, their Facebook, excuse me, or their Twitter is their internet. Like they get on the internet using Facebook. They don't have. It's not like. You know, we have all these ISPs and different – and so when those things, when those systems are corrupted or those systems are twisted or those systems are turned into a certain way, um, what it does is it can mute their voice. Twitter was a great um, disseminator of exposed to, exposing people to um, information. I think it's far less trustworthy today in my opinion, my small opinion, uh, only because of, you know, what it's full of now. And I think that maybe other, uh, the news media is trying to keep up, but it's, it's – like I said, it's at our peril uh, if you want to go along those lines and, and really kind of not recognize what's happening in this nation, you know, turning, your, turning a blind eye. Because I'll be honest with you, a lot of these people in, in uh, media, Carl, especially the ones that are making the, the higher money, I think they feel that they, they – you know, no matter what happens in this country – they're going to be able to survive, and and, not and it's
3: not just them though, Brandon. Say, you know, it's it, it's a lot of people who are following Donald Trump too. They think whatever, even the black folks think, whatever happens, if if some by some miraculous, uh, the reason he gets elected, they're going to be cool. They're going to be okay because they because they support him and he loves them. So it's it's not just the journalists who are under that illusion.
2: Yeah, but the thing that you have to really pay attention to are the Goebbels, the Goebbels in, you know, the ones that are the, the, the seconds and thirds behind him. These people wouldn't have risen in any type of government any other way unless they got with a guy like him. And those are the people that are going to implement and escalate the plans that he does. Remember, if he were to get back in office, this would be his second chance the first time, like I said, he didn't know what he was doing. He had crews around him. You know, they, they had people leaving, coming and going like a revolving door, which the, it really made for a, a truly unstable government. Um, Biden hasn't hadn't had nearly of that. But let me, let, me tell, let me show you how, you know, if I can, just just how this knits together. Trump had an atrocious reaction to COVID. I talk about this all the time. And he lied and 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 blustered and made stuff up. I mean, we went from, you know, it's not, it's only a couple people. It's from China to you can drink bleach to all this other craziness that was going on. And then at the very end, once it exploded, once it began to explode, and scenic, like, oh, we were brought, we were blindsided, didn't see this coming. But that type of negligence, that type of, um, trying to offload something that is so important, a pandemic, something we hadn't seen in a hundred years doing that. the the For us, for black people, we actually, it, it was terrible because at the height of COVID at that time, I think the black unemployment rate was 16%. Once the tide had kind of receded a little bit back on it, we stayed at 12%. Whereas, you know, the white unemployment population went from 14 to 7%. So it had a direct effect on us, on how the, a person, wh- whoever was sitting in that chair behind that desk, directly affected us. Now it's down um, to 4.6, I think, is the lowest. It's 4.7%, the lowest it's been in 50 years uh, through Biden, because it have actually worked to get people back. And, you know, those, but those things are important to report. You see what I'm saying? You have to understand how this stuff is knitted together. It's not, And I'm not saying like a conspiracy theory. I'm saying that who you have in office, these offices should not be taken lightly. You should look for professionals and people who know what the heck they're doing. He speaks loudly to people who are... Undereducated or listening to conspiracy theories that make no sense or just miss the idea of white supremacy, including the black people that follow him because they are led into the party to be, to show that the party isn't a party of white hoods and then they're given some special treatment because they're the only ones in there. But at the at the end of the day if he's repeating and he has repeated the the uh, poison blood statement but this is also a, re- a repeating of what he initially said when he came down the escalator and if he's doing these things then this is not this is not a one off or just a plank in the way he thinks this is part of his deeply held philosophy okay this is part of who he is and if the if the media does not do its job, it, will, it thinks it can outlast him. It thinks it can make the money. But sooner or later, what's going to happen is, as really, we're seeing, um, the younger generations are coming of age, and they're going to say, hey, they're going to completely turn from them. And not, whether or not they, the money they think they're going to make on backing some, someone like this, it's going to evaporate. Because the money now is going to be in trying to produce for those eyes that are way over there that turned their back on you because you weren't reporting.
4: Life is full of things to manage.
1: Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kisimta Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kisimta and check out the details at kisimta.com. Brought
3: to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Yeah, but, you know, in the broader sense, too, and we talked about this, maybe you can back me up on this, because I saw it somewhere, I just can't recall where it was, and I know you, you're good with facts and figures. Uh, every, I think since Nixon, the when, whenever the Republicans are in office, the, the economy tanks, and then... When the Democrats come in, they've they've got to fix it, and, and there's always a yeah. surplus. And by the time they leave, the, the the time they're ousted, and the Republicans are in, we're we in a deficit. Is is that true? Any truth to that? Can you uh, provide some facts and figures for us?
2: Well, yeah, there there's some. You know, it's it's a broad sense because there are parts of the economy that fail, and other parts. Because you remember, for instance, uh, you have to if you go back to Eisenhower, um, Eisenhower, the the middle class exploded under him. That was after the war. We had What we got after World War II, and a lot of people don't really understand this, was we we controlled markets around the world, and so American production sold around the world, and the middle class exploded. You see what I'm saying? And with that, we got um, investment in infrastructure, which was very important because the interstate uh, highway system was um, uh, perfected under Eisenhower and some of the the way that we move goods and services across the nation, in other words, we became more, a more mobile country under this Republican president. So you have to you have to think in terms of, you know, there's some give and takes, but generally there has been this ebb and flow with um, like, so say, say for instance, um, regulation. And I can just tell you firsthand when I was a kid, we used to have recess and they used to sit us down some days because we had smog alerts where you couldn't even see across the schoolyard. And because of the regulations they put in place, um, this was was while Reagan was uh, uh, governor out here in California, but it was followed through um, by Democratic presidents. And because of those regulations put in place, um, you rarely have smog even seen now, because of the, the topography of uh, Los Angeles and where it is in the, in the valley system where we have all these mountains and hills that kind of collect, you know, a great deal of the particulates in the air, it's not going to completely go away. But you're not, it, it's nothing like it used to be. It is absolutely nothing like it used to be. But that's because, you know, things were put in place under administrations that cared about that. And if you have an administration that doesn't care so much about it and they say, OK, we're just going to give a, you know, let trucks just run their diesel and they can blow out as much smoke as they can, you're going to end up having problems. So it's not as simple as, you know, well, under Democrats, it was you know, we did well and under Republicans, but you can see that there is some boon and bust. Absolutely. I mean, the end of the uh, the end of uh, the Bush two presidency almost put us into another depression. They tried to minimalize it and call it the Great Recession, but it took President Obama and the Democrats a lot of heavy lifting to keep this nation. You remember, Carl, that there was one weekend where a run on the banks began under the under uh, uh, George W. And it was only because it was a weekend that he was able to call it, you know, a bank holiday, a three-day bank holiday, that stopped the run and stopped the panic. And you know that was just you know fortuitous. I mean, that was just some things that just occurred in fortune that had nothing to do with anybody's. You know, putting that was just one of those moments where you say, okay, well, that was averted. So it gets much more complicated than that. I mean, I'm not. You would have to bring on uh, an economist or someone who's an expert in in the, in the macro economy and watching things like that. But I would say that it's never as simple. Usually, never as simple.
3: All right. Uh- I appreciate that. Eight away from the top there. Let me ask you this though. Uh, Donald Trump is running. Do you think he's really running for the presidency or is he, is he running to pay bills or stay out of jail? How do you see what he, you know, you think do you think it's a masquerade then? Let me ask you that put it that way.
2: I think he's running to save his life. Um he just put out a he said I'm not the insurrectionist Joe Biden is. You know that is about as unhinged as you can say, because now you're just, now you're doing the narcissist thing of blaming, you know, I'm not the criminal, you're the criminal. You see what I'm saying? And what that does is it just shows a person is kind of losing, you know, he's just, he's just going to spout anything that he can, because I think he understands that he, is it 90, 91 indictments or something like that? 90. Um, if he loses one, he loses a bundle and Another thing, too, Carl, that I think the nation should prepare itself for is the Supreme Court getting this case, um, the Colorado case, and doing something that is overtly corrupt, overtly corrupt. That would yeah be- yeah and hold
3: that thought right there. I want you to drill down on that when we get back. And also talk about the fact that he, he, his supporters say he's been accused but hasn't been convicted. So therefore the, the Colorado case shouldn't, shouldn't stand for him because he hasn't been convicted of anything. He's, he's been he's just been accused, and everybody should be treated innocent until you know there's a conviction, a jury conviction that hasn't happened for Donald Trump. So therefore uh, the, the, the folks in Colorado were wrong. So I want you explain explain that thought process. Process there when we get back mm-hmm. but we have got to take another quick look at the traffic and weather in our mm-hmm. different cities also for the news that our listeners in Baltimore family you want to join this conversation with our political blogger Brandon reach out to us at 800-450-7876 we'll take your phone calls in four minutes right here in Baltimore on 1010 WOLB. also in the DMV Ron FM 95.9 and a.m. 1450 WOL where information is power <laughs> Good morning, family, and happy Kwanzaa. First day of Kwanzaa. What was your unity? I, mean, I guess this morning's political blogger, Brandon. You want to speak to Brandon? Reach out to us at 800 450 7876 We're chopping it up as usual. So, Brandon, I want to let you finish your thought.
2: Well, you asked um, why, why people, what, what to say to people who are saying that Trump was accused but not convicted uh, in regards to him being thrown off the ballot um, in Colorado. And it wasn't, this is not a criminal case. You know, this is not Jack Smith's case. This is a case that was brought together by this uh, organization called Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington. I think they were all Republicans, by the way. And it went through the courts, and actually the first appeal uh, appeals court, a judge actually said that Trump was um, involved in an insurrection, but that he uh, did not hold office. Uh, and they were going to use that to move forward. Then it was given to the Colorado Supreme Court, and the Colorado Supreme Court said, "Oh no, he absolutely uh, engaged in this." In other words, it,
3: but it, Well, it, hold off right there? Because that's sort of like a technico- technicality. It's saying they did not hold office, but isn't he president until what January twenty first? Exactly.
2: Okay. Exactly. Yeah. He was president, so it was. It was. Yeah. That's why the the um that's why the uh, Supreme Court of Colorado took it up. Because it it was a weak, the appeals judge uh, did uh, offer a weak argument, and I, I, you know, like I said once again, you'd have to bring in a lawyer to really discuss the details of it because I didn't, I didn't read the, the opinion from that particular judge. But the point is, is that Section three of the Fourteenth Amendment uh, says it plainly: it's not a criminal thing. You're not going to lose any property or be, um, or be deprived of your freedom, but you just can't run for office. You can't run for office now. What 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 uh, Jack Smith is saying is there's a conspiracy to um, engage in an insurrection. That's a different that's a different case. As a matter of fact, it's widened because uh, the new calls from Wayne County, uh, the Wayne County Board of uh, Electors or Board of um, 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 Verification that, that verified there were two two uh, workers on that board. Uh, board of canvassers, canvassers, excuse me. Uh, And they got calls from Trump and uh, uh, Rona, Rona, uh, the the RNC chair, Rona McDaniels. And, you know, Wayne County, uh, they kept saying that Wayne County is corrupt. Now, that's another way to target black folks. Because I believe Detroit is in Wayne County. Am I correct about that, Carl? Am I? (laughs)
3: <laughs> yeah, you're correct. Wayne County, Detroit—that's the seat. Yeah.
2: Yes. Yeah, so the whole purpose of it is to say, um, of course, it's corrupt because it's full of black people and they hate Trump. Blah 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 blah. Now, I mean, that's the that's what's inferred by it. But they basically there's a call that Trump made, just like the call that he made in Georgia. Georgia has its own state laws about interfering with an election. That's what the case is. Uh, what the main case is about Georgia. So there are cases that, that hold crimin, uh, criminality to them. This particular case coming out of Colorado is just to keep him out the ballot. Uh, it's not about, you know, he won't lose anything since he lost the case other than the fact that he can't run for president. president um, but he's going to appeal it, and they're going to take it to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court is going to uh, make a decision that may blow our electoral system apart.
3: You really feel that the Supreme Court may, may side with Donald Trump on this? Because aren't they uh, constitutionalists, if you will, for a lack of a better term? Don't they, they believe in the Constitution, so they say, to the letter of the law?
2: Um, they have been flow with that. If they were constitutionalists, then they would have dealt with settled law, right, which Roe v. Wade was. Every one of them said that it was, maybe not every one of them, I should say, that the majority of them, uh, even the conservatives, said that they, you know it's settled law. That they that they in the concerns of the Democrats and the Liberals when they when they were uh, putting them through their um, their hearings, and then lo and behold, you know they, here they come with a judgment, and they're leaking stuff. Alito's famous ridiculous leak. You got um, Thomas, who's you know Harlan Crow's pet. He, that's his pet Supreme Court justice. I mean. They're taking money hand and fist they're they're fl- being flown around by billionaires i don't i i I think that the danger lies carl in us not recognizing what's going on and there are a bunch of i, I, I was just reading something I have to go back and look at my uh uh, notes that I made uh, a week ago. I was just reading somebody who was discussing this, like the slow burn of how a country goes into authoritarianism. But I always see this, you know, it's always somebody white talking about, you know, what has happened in Hungary or what's gone on in Russia. And they, what they need to do is turn around, and we need to start getting, focusing on talking to black folks who live through, or whose great-grandparents or great-great-grandparents lived through Jim Crow. And to see how those local local situations were structured. What were the things that were done? What were the ceilings? Because that's how it's going to strike us here. They're at they're they're trying to make these uh, allusions and comparisons to these, you know, authoritarian governments that are, you know, in Europe or Eastern Europe or whatever, and not really paying attention that black folks have experienced that. We've experienced authoritarianism here. We've experienced what you would call dictatorial powers, situations where, you know, you've you've heard stories back in the day, brothers being chased, beaten, and almost lynched, or or lynched, excuse me, um, for not addressing white people properly. What would you call it? And this is the connection that we have if you have Jim Crow, Don't Drink at This Fountain, and then young people who who, who have heard of these stories, it's almost myth, myth, mythological to them now, but they can take that map and place it in the Gaza Strip. Do you see what I'm saying? And now you have kind of a full circle situation where there's a connection in ideals, concepts, and then strategies to deal with, you know… Those things that would that would that would tear us apart. This is how we're going to have to deal with what's going on here. He should not. As far as I'm concerned, I mean, once those pictures came out of all the secrets stacked away, once again, uh, the media, the mainstream media, just you know, who pulled it? They let it be the lead story for once, or one or two, you know, weeks, and that was it. It didn't it didn't even I mean, they're not even talking about it It should be his legacy. What are in those papers? What is missing? What how many uh, operatives around the world that were working with us in force? Because we do have spy networks. We have entire divisions of the government dedicated to it. How many of those operatives ended up dead? Threatened? Moved? How many people have we lost? How much business have we lost? How much um, 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 corporate espionage information have we lost and all those things And you know I hate to tell this to people but you know the united states has long reach and a lot of people don't really want to look at that reality but you know there are people from this country some of them your neighbors they put their life and limb up uh for you to have certain opportunities as a nation and i'm saying this as a liberal and so this man is sitting up here with stacks and stacks and stacks of secrets and it, it means nothing to his cult fine let them be, you know, locked away in, you know, their mindset. Let them have their their uh, straitjackets of hate. Let them wave their ridiculous, you know, uh, MLM schemes or flags, you know, going to some sort of grift that all of the, the Trump yellers, you know, the backbenchers to Trump are screaming. You know, let those people have their money. But at the same time, we need to be a bit bit more educated on what happens here and how we are facing the authoritarianism that's happening here. And and just like you said, what is buttressing it? What is supporting it? What is allowing it to move forward in such a way? And it has to do with, I think, also, too, you see the last vestiges of Jim Crow where you have fear from above. Exceedingly wealthy, you know, we have about a thousand billionaires in this country. I just from looking at what's happening i i gotta say man they are not in the favor of people of color or people in this nation and we always you know we always uh, uh, support and celebrate when black folks you know make it to that tier but if they make it to that tier i mean will can they can they still survive business-wise even maybe in their own lives is there a strategy um, of self-preservation up there if there's helping other brothers and sisters uh, reach that level. You know what I'm saying? And you have to ask yourself, and it's not a far-out question, because look at the fact that Trump is still politically viable. He's still alive politically. We can't have this conversation and say, okay, well, man, the people, the people we, we reach for the stars and become whatever you want to become. And when you get up there, you don't think that you have to think like them? And I'm not saying some controversial stuff. I'm just saying I look at a billionaire who literally bought Clarence Thomas's mama's home for him and then bought the, the land next door because they were too loud or something. I mean, it was just – you look – this is like Chaucerian corruption right in front of our faces. And before we move forward, he hasn't recused himself. For most of the other cases that have come up in this regard. And his wife is up to her neck in uh, her organization affording and helping some of the people who actually got to Washington, many of whom actually went to the Capitol that day. So is he going to recuse himself from this case? You see what I'm saying?
3: Yeah. But, but you know, uh, here's the other issue, too, Brandon. He he, he said that he did not. Call for the overthrow of the government uh, January 6th. He, he didn't say anything incendiary. How do you see that? that's That's part of the defense. So that Some of those folks who support him are, are using that as part of the defense. He just told, he didn't tell people to come to Washington and, and, and riot, because that's what he was. But he says, well, he they actually, say. He
2: actually did. He said, come to Washington. He put a tweet out, come to yeah,
3: Washington. He, yeah, I know he did, <laughs> but that's what he, he's saying right. that he didn't. Right.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that has to do with the fact that he's actually, a lot of this is, is wearing him down too. Like he's just saying anything, you know, he's just saying whatever he feels is in the interest of his survival. And so I don't, I, I don't really look at a lot of that he says it's going to be making sense. I think if you look at his age and he wasn't ingenious. You know he he was he's a narcissist and he's very uh adept at uh, blaming other people and that's really where his skill set comes in is he can create a new demon every week authoritarianism needs um they need demons to to you know the idea is to create a threat and then to say only i can um I can save you from that threat and that's how you become a strong man in the nation that's one of the ways and so um he can do it he can he can create a new demon every minute narcissist Often do that. You know, it's not my fault. It's his or hers or theirs or those guys over there, or those people. So he can do that. But um, he's starting getting a little mixed up. And, his, and his, so he just, that's it. When he put out, he said Biden was the insurrectionist. Just, you know, I'm not the insurrectionist. He's the insurrectionist. Just right. what I'm saying.
3: And, you know, I know yeah, his his, his argument is getting a little ragged, so to speak. But when yeah, we come yeah, back, though, yeah. <laughs> <dig it. laughs> you know, we will we to take a short break again, Brandon, and check the traffic and weather. But the young people, because you deal with a lot of these young folks, and they, they're not feeling either uh, Trump or Trump. Or Biden, and part of the reasons is what's going on in Gaza, because they they just mm-hmm. don't you know they they don't believe that Biden is, is is making the right choices or making the right decisions as far as Gaza mm-hmm. is concerned. But they, they don't they don't lean on Trump that heavy because right now uh, 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 Biden has got his hands on the wheel. So Biden's the one, that, and they say they're not going to support him. So I want you to talk about that because you deal with these young folks all the time. Is there anything that you think that Biden can do to change this around before November? Family, you want to join this conversation with Brandon, our political blogger? Reach out to us at 800-450-7876. We've got to take a quick break, as I mentioned, and check the traffic and weather in our different cities. Be back in four minutes, though, right here in Baltimore on 1010 WOLB. Also in the DMV on FM 95.9 and AM 1450. WOL, where information is power. And good morning again, family, and happy Kwanzaa. The first day of Kwanzaa, Homoja, Unity. Our guest is political blogger, Brandon. We're chopping it up with Brandon. You can join in, too, at 800 450 We'll just look at some recent polls. Saw the young people, and these are the folks that Brandon talks to quite a bit, they're not enthused with either presidential candidate, if you will, at this point. Mm-hmm. And many, most mm-hmm. of it is about what's going on in Gaza. So, Brandon, help us out. What are these young folks upset about?
2: Well, like I said, um, this is, you know, we all have a coming of age um, at, at certain levels in this nation, coming of age politically. And uh, for many, especially from my reporting back in the day, for like, say, the 99 percenters, right, um, of the Occupy movement, that was a coming of age politically. And it was surrounded by economic themes and um, dealing with stratification of the United States, but then, you know, ha- having a fuller understanding of what capitalism is in this country, as opposed to all the other elements. We have parts of uh, democratic socialism, we have parts of um, some of kind of, you know, economic fiefdoms, and those type of things kind of became a reality and understanding. Now, that happened in a, in a short span. It happened about a year, but it became kind of a, a touchstone for many Younger people in that fold, millennials, I think, in, in a greatness coming of age. would be in the you know, late 20s, 20s. This is about 10 years ago, actually, to tell you the truth, Carl. The same thing is happening now with Gen Z, um, looking at what's going on with Gaza. A lot of the details are being lost. Um, I think Biden has made some mistakes. He hasn't been vociferous, but the actions you see are being are connected to um, the actions of, of Israel, are connected to the the people's eyes being opened, like I said, coming of age under this idea or these concepts of what a nation is supposed to be. Now, if you don't know the history of the space, we talked about this several times before, you know, there are some people that talk about, oh... Israel was this before this time and this situation. There were political um, concerns, you know, for thousands of years there. So it's not just when Rome, when it was uh, when Rome occupied it and used it as a as a small uh, um, annexed area, and later on when the Ottoman Empire was there, which is what we're dealing with now, is like the vestiges of the Ottoman Empire, the British administration of it. Um, those things are kind of wiped away when Israel has the power. With that power comes a specific line of responsibility. And I'm going to tell you something that I think has given greater impact. This isn't under kind of an undercurrent, another tone. They had three hostages that were killed trying to They were trying to surrender to their own army, to the Israeli Defense Force. I believe they shot and killed uh, one immediately or two immediately, and then one ran back, and I think he died later on. Now, they had their shirts off. They were waving a flag, you know, waving a white flag, excuse me, and they began to speak Hebrew, and they were still killed. Now there's something called the fog of war. Carl, you know about this. You know the things it happens in every war. their war itself, in my opinion, is an atrocity. It's a crime. If you if you vote to go into it, whether you vote to go into it or it sparks, it is still the idea of dehumanizing and killing and destroying. Okay. This situation though, what it le- what it led to was ah, the idea, and I'm not yeah, you know, I'm not over there, so I'm not, and I'm not an expert in it. But it led to like, oh, okay, well, this is how they treat Palestinians. You dig what I'm saying? They didn't think these people were their hostages, and they just shot them. And so that's e- that's easily, and I'm not saying that that's what happened, but that that deduction can easily be replaced on the myriad of things that are happening there at each moment when things are going down in this in this uh, war there are eye opening things. Just like I said, the stratification in the United States, you know, for its economy was eye opening to a lot of people during the occupation Well, the same things happening here in this, uh, this group, these groups of voters where, you know, you're seeing some of the laws like, you know, um, Israelis apparently cannot marry, um, um, Palestinians or it's, or it's, it may be, uh, recognize if it's outside of the country and not inside of the country they have all these apartheid laws physical apartheid where they have to go checkpoints um economic apartheid and then apartheid where you, you utilities are controlled all these things are brand new to a new group of voters and those voters often swing you know massively in one direction because it's, it's new to them it's and they're excited about it and their energy takes them they go deeper and deeper and i just have to say that on like say tiktok or whatever you have um propaganda from both camps and it's being spread um but the the backing of what's happening is is not coming from the source of power there now people need to understand that i call israel a a uh, a nation state that is living under paranoia. And you've heard, this, you've heard the statement, Carl, that just because you're paranoid doesn't mean you're wrong. Uh, they're surrounded by people who want to wipe not just them out, but uh, their faith. And so that would make anybody paranoid. But
4: Life is full of things to manage.
1: Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Key Symptoms
2: You can't preface every statement or every situation that these people are seeing the dehumanization of Palestinians with well they are paranoid and blah blah because that's not that's just an explanation of how things are happening. It's not necessarily and shouldn't be, in my little estimation, a um a reason or a way of governance or a reason for your state of governance. And it is becoming for the lack of better terms, a thick and heavy swamp for the United States, because now you're drawing, you're talking about drawing resources. Everybody in the world, literally at the UN, thinks that the United States says something, um, they could stop it. I don't know if they could stop it, but they certainly could slow it down and the ceasefire could go on you know, a little further. And hold
3: that thought right there because that's important what you just said, uh, the the thought at the UN, but that's the thought, even this prevailing thought in Europe right now. uh, People Mm -hmm. are turning against what's going on in Gaza. How far do you think this will go, Brandon, in your estimation, do you think this can spread to to wider conflict in in the so-called Middle East?
2: It already has. Um, um, In the Red Sea, Uh, um, there's a nation there that is stopping Uh, Some of the ships from their oil routes uh, in there, it's, I mean, it's, it's, you know, this is a, this is a place where China can park. This is a place where, where other nations can be parking. And and people forget that Ukraine is fighting Russia and the tide seems to be uh, going against them now. And Russia is getting a, getting a, getting its footing back because the United States is holding back some of the, the, what they're saying, what the Ukraine is saying, the United States is holding back ammunition. They're not, you know, they're not, they're a nation that's dependent upon deliveries of resources rather than, you know, manufacturing their own, which is a little different. They're dependent upon, I'm not saying they don't manufacture their own, but they're dependent upon, you know, all of their, uh, all of their war gear to being uh, given to them or delivered to them. And a great deal of it has to do with ammunition. And so, yeah, it's already spread the The thing is, is that you know, when people think that they're all with these these good these uh, um, these ideas of you know we can just take them over and we have with a stronger power, there is the world does have a say. I'm not saying that everybody listens to it, but the world does have a say. Right now, it still seems that Israel feels that you know it doesn't have to listen to what the world is saying, and. Will they pay for that? I don't know. I think that they have particularly lost one, maybe two generations uh, of Palestinians. I think that they've almost ensured that that the the um, the anger and the animus and the conflict that they're dealing with is going to go on for at least a generation through this through this thing. I said this at the very beginning. It, it was. You know, I I was doing it clinically, and I'm not on one side of the other. I'm against this this uh, the violence. I'm against the the extreme violence that are coming from religious fanatics. Um, as much as I'm against the type of violence of dehumanizing people and bombing, it's almost. I believe it's twenty to one. I think uh, the atrocity that, that Hamas did at the very beginning of this has now led to a twenty to one balance. I think it's like twenty thousand people that. Uh, um, Israel that the, the, the IDF has killed in this war and you know I don't know if that's sustainable for anybody you know how do they how do they Well
3: finish? let me jump here uh, Brandon for a second here 30 minutes out of the top there but for all the all the you know what they've inflicted on the the, the Gaza residents if you will Th- those who have survived will remember that these little children who you know are orphans they're not going to come yeah. up living, loving Israel they, you know they, yeah. they're coming up with one thing in mind so it's never going to end I wonder if they understand that
2: I, I, you know I don't know how to relate I think they you know they have been in what they consider a defensive position for at least two generations themselves this is an unleashing. It, it once again we have to go back to not just what happened but how Hamas did it. They recorded it and they uploaded it. You see what I'm saying? So they were able to show what they did and that had a greater effect. I don't know if they if they absolutely you know planned out that that Israel was going to react in this way, but I think that it's going to be hard. They're ensuring that it's going to go on and you have to, you know, as, as nations go, you have to make, um, plans to deal with certain things. I don't know if they're ready for that. You know, I'm not out there. Like I said, you, you have, uh, you have, um, experts that you talk to. I will say that it's interesting, you know, that, that when you see how it's being framed, you hear the same type of hatred that, every nation around the world starts to, you know, when they start talking about dehumanizing people, even over here, we have debates where people are basically telling us people who support it are saying, well, we supported George Floyd. Um, so, you know, you're supposed to, you're telling a people who, you know, are sensitive and understanding, you know, apartheid in America, not to be sensitive and seeing that somewhere else. Plus, you know, black people have to make a, a right turn, a loop around, you know, what's going on in the Congo that nobody has been talking about for the 25, 30 years has been going on um, in order to even come up to that part of the world and and even have a discussion about it. But I said this at the very beginning, and you and I had a great conversation about it. It's like we have to talk about it. We can't walk around like, you know, like we're just with our heads in the air that we're drunk on something else. I know people are struggling. I know you you got to go to work and you got to make the money and you got to pay your bills. But this is something that's going to affect us, whether you want it to or not. The interesting thing, Carl, is when I hear this kind of attacks on the black culture, who are just saying, like, if you're not for the IDF, then you're anti-Semitic. Well, that's, you know, that's ridiculous. People can be, you know, for, um, for the, the idea and not for the government. You know, they could be against the idea and for the government. They could be for the people. You see what I'm saying? Right. And hold
3: that thought right there. That's a great point that you made, but, but hold that thought right there. Sit on that for a second while we take a short break and check the news, traffic, and weather in our different cities, 26 away from the top of the hour. Brandon is our guest. He's a political blogger. We'll be back in four minutes with Brandon discussing what the young people are thinking about what's going on in Gaza and you know, the relationship and how it involves you as well. 800-450-7876. Those are the matching numbers if you want to join the discussion. We'll take your calls in four minutes right here in Baltimore on 1010 WLB and the DMV on FM 95.9 and a.m. 1450 WOL where information is power and good morning once again family uh, Umoja Unity Today's the first day of Kwanzaa. So I just want to share that with you, family. This is where you light the black candle, the first one, that's one in the middle of the Kinara. Anyway, this morning, our guest is political vlogger Brandon. And we're chopping it up, talking politics with Brandon. Later this morning, uh, futuristic researcher Brother Sadiqa Bakari will join us to provide us with another AI artificial intelligence update. And later this week, you can hear from journalist Brother Obi and also Pan-African re- uh, re- reparationist Dr. David Horn will be here. So if you're in Baltimore, make sure your radio locked in tight on 1010 WOLB. If we're in the DMV, we're on FM 95.9 and AM 1450 WOL. So, Brandon, I'll let you uh, finish your thought. that we, we sort of broke off when we went to the news traffic and weather update.
2: Yeah, we were talking about um, the the perception and the education of what the youth vote is. How is it going to land in regards to how they're uh, digesting the war in Gaza? And I just, uh, you know, one of the things that I um, this, that I just want to bring to mind. I said we talked about this earlier because I'm the person that everybody would be mad at because I can say, I will say, you know, as an atheist, I can say at the core of this of these things, right? To, to do such damage to one another is religion. If you want good people and reasoned people and, and good intentioned people to do horrible things, you give them religion and have them do it in the name religion. And I know you and I had a conversation about the gas and the oil and the, you know, there, there was some oil that was found as apparently a pretty large resource was found off the shore. Um, Right off of, I believe it's uh, not too far from uh, from the area that is right now going through a great deal of the shelling in the ocean. the The issue, though, how do you get people to, you know, to to do what happened on October seventh, and how do you have people continue the the uh, the deconstruction? of northern Gaza and pushing millions into an in areas where they know they may starve. You know, and and then the argument of course is especially that if you're for um the humane treatment of individuals in the situation of of the civilians, then you're somehow anti Semitic, which I think um that's an easy thing to say, but is quite dangerous. Especially, you know, Carl, you know this in the black community We've had our our uh, scrapes up against the Jewish community in many different areas, but we were together in many areas as well. We worked together in this country in many areas as well. It's only when there's kind of this um, line that is crossed, and there's I think there's a couple books about it when Jews became white and when they began to engage in some of the strat- stratification in this country. Uh, it, it, it in many ways, um, at a cost to some of the black communities, you start having some really, um, deeply bound, um, conflicts that can rise up. And we got people in our community right now, we just, if the reasonable people who are saying, look, you know, you are the power in that situation. Um, but so you don't have the options that, you know, some uh, a nation or a group of people who are less powerful have, there has to be at some point uh, a turning point where you say, we have to look at this at, in the broader scale. Okay. There are people though, in our community, that if we step aside from those conversations, you know, they, they got every conspiracy, you know, it's like they were out on out Russia. <laughs> they will, they will say the most anti-Semitic thing that you've heard. And, you know, they will frame it as, you know, this is, part of the struggle of being black in America. And so when someone calls you anti-Semitic, just because you're saying, look, I, I don't want to see, um, Palestine, Palestinian children starve because of this, because of this 21 ratio that you've built up, that's not sustainable and is going to be only be remembered to be retaliated against Now for generations, you have to, you have to at least try and find some balance because, you know, uh, a normal conversation can't just end in, well, you're just this. That's not what was happening with George Floyd, by the way, when people started to bring that up. There was a crowd of people. Um, and this is something that we have to discuss. I was actually speaking to a, a black police officer earlier today. And it's one of those things that we have to deal with. Is that When you see us murdered from behind badges, there is nowhere else for us to go except to react in kind. So when you see these people that were filming the death of, excuse me, recording the death of George Floyd, there was a group of people there, you know, should they have rushed the police officers and just body blocked them? Not, not picked up any weapons, not, that would be, you know, maybe the answer that a lot of people have. So instead of killing him, it would have been a situation where everybody would have gone to jail, but now you're risking your lives when the authorities have that type of Control over you. Yeah, you're going to be sensitive to seeing that around the world. Of course, who here? I'm the me and you had this conversation about Ukraine, and we had to bring up the brothers who were in Ukraine who were studying different fields of disciplines who were actually, you know, backlined to try to leave the nation, and then some of them were landing in in Poland and couldn't find housing. This is in the dead of winter. And so, yeah, we're going to be sensitive to that. But our sensitivity doesn't necessarily mean that we are dehumanizing on one side or another or anti-Semitic. It simply means that we are sensitive to apartheid and the human destruction. And you've got to listen to these brothers and sisters. You better listen to them because they may save your, gener- your next generation coming up.
3: Right, and and that's why we like to have you on because you you converse with them quite a bit, you know, and understand their their hopes and dreams, and they're they're opposed to what's going on in Gaza. On the most, for most of them, are opposed to what's going on in Gaza, and because of that, they're they're probably going to sit out the the uh, the race next next November. So my question to you is, what would get them if you were Biden or Trump? If Trump does win the the nomination. What would you say to them to get them back in the fold, to get them back on your team? Is there anything that can be done or is it they just, they just not enough time?
2: I don't think that, I don't necessarily believe that they're going to sit out. Uh, it's a lot of time between us. It's a year, okay, basically. So I don't necessarily believe they're going to sit out. I think they're discouraged. That happens. You know, uh, like I told, <laughs> I told one of them, uh, we were having this conversation, I said, you know, congratulations. You, you've come to the conclusion that uh, you, you now are finding out that America's an empire. You know, <laughs> welcome, you know, welcome to the reality of the world. Because a lot of them, the thing is, you know, from my position, I don't dissuade them from having a, a position, it's not a them, they're us. As a matter of fact, Carl, they actually drive the culture. They drive the culture. The best I can do is we can have a conversation, I'm not wagging my finger at somebody that disagrees with me that's younger their perspective may be from a different point of view. It may be one that's needed. You see what I'm saying? So they may need to put pressure on Biden to do things. As a matter of fact, their voices did put pressure on Biden and them to to, to work for a ceasefire. So I can't look at that and say, okay, well, um, um, here's what here's what needs to have them if they're going to sit out. I don't necessarily believe that they're going to tr- trust. They are engaged. Um, the two Justins, um, that were were put back in the seat. You know, they were thrown out of office um, for holding a protest because they wanted to speak for the people, and they were thrown out. Then they were reseated, and then they won their elections again. Those are Gen Z. Those are, are, are millennials and Gen Zers. I think one of them is, is young enough to be a Gen Z. So we are not in a position to sit there and say, "Okay, um, here's why you're wrong." You should vote. And no, the position I think more to take in, in in my own observation and in my opinion is to say, here's how long it's going to go. Here's some other things that are interesting. Here's some things because, you know, the winds change. For instance, Biden did some commutations of um, federal marijuana cases. Now that speaks directly to a lot of millennials and, and Gen Zers. You know, it, it, it's, it's kind of taken for granted because, you know, weed is uh um, legal across the landscape in many places now. Much, it's much, much different than when I was coming up and when you were coming up. But uh, things like that, it, they're going to have, it's going to have an effect. And also the way he's been able to uh, um, take away some of the student debt, even though the four hundred billion one one was thrown out by the Supreme Court, by the conservative Supreme court, he's been able to work his way. I think got about a hundred and I want to say is close to 140 billion uh, to help people. So there's going to be ways to etch it, but he's going to have to do something. I mean, he, I think he's made some poor choices in this, in, in, in counseling, what's going on over there. We don't have complete control, by the way, like I said, when you have your experts on, they can tell you, you know, your audience, you know, it's not, it's not what people think it is. It's not like, you know, a dog on a chain um, because there are many different elements working at the same time. You got China over there. For instance, you know, I don't think a lot of people know, you know, all, how deep China has gotten into the economy of Africa and what they're trying to do in regards to resources in Africa and all of the things, that, the, the the mechanisms that have to run in that situation. That's the kind of stuff you're dealing with when you're talking about being over there.
3: Yeah. Hold that thought right there. Nine away from the top there. Sister Sandra is joining the conversation. She's online, too. She's calling from Baltimore. Sister Sandra, good morning. You're on with Brandon.
5: Yes, good morning to you, Carl, and your guests. Um, I like to say, first of all, I like to say to him about, you know, our youth jumping on the bandwagon, talking about they don't agree with this and they don't agree with that. But you can rest assured, if Donald Trump get in the White House and he become a dictator, the first thing he gonna do is come after our young people. Because he's already against them anyway. We're gonna be the first on the total pole. And we are so quick to forget to what they did to Tulsa. They dropped the bomb on Tulsa.
3: I'll tell you what, because we're coming up on a break, Sister Sanja, I want to give Brandon a chance to respond to what you just said.
5: One more thing, one more thing.
3: Yeah, real quick.
5: Don't get admitting the Aahu no break. He, the one, he knew about this attack ahead of time. He stood back and he did nothing. And why was that dome left open? Israel yeah. have uh-huh. a dome.
3: Yeah, those are some, some questions that need to be answered. Thank you, Sandra. Uh, and, Brandon, I'll let you okay. respond to what uh, Sister Sandra said, but we've got to step aside and get caught up with the latest traffic and weather in, in our different cities and also the news for our listeners in Baltimore. Family, you want to get in on this with Brandon, reach out to us at 800-450-7876. Your calls in four minutes right here in Baltimore on 1010 WOLB. And in the DMV, we're on FM 95.9 and AM 1450. WOL, or information is power. Keep Abari Ghani family. Happy Kwanzaa, welcome to Kwanzaa, first day of Kwanzaa, Umoja, unity, this is the day we light the black candle, that's the one in the middle of the Kanara. I guess this political blogger Brandon, momentarily we're speaking with brother Sadiqa Bakari, but let's wrap up with Brandon. Brandon, I'll let you respond to what Sister Sandra from Baltimore, and those questions she posed to you.
2: Well, the when I was talking about exactly where the information is coming from and why we have to have discussions about it, you know, there is this thing out there that's saying that Netanyahu knew um, or that they were warned they'd been warned um, that Hamas had been planning something and then one of their ministers whose job it is to overlook it apparently saw them holding exercises near the area where they had the breach to the point where apparently there's been some reporting that when Hamas went through the uh, uh, one of the areas they were waiting on you know um, waiting on Israelis to to uh, have show resistance to them showing, uh, showing up on the land. Now, those things are, like I said, there's a thing, the fog of war that happens. How did this things? those those things are going to be investigated and looked at, or maybe not. Um, the, the, the key to understand now is that thousands of people are dying. And that's the question that we, that I think that is facing us here and we're helping to facilitate it. So well and i'm not saying you know rightly or wrongly that's up for the debate to, to people to have the discussion about but what do we do about it especially if the idea is to huddle them together and then to starve them because that's a, that's a completely different uh now now you put it into a different gear if you know what i'm saying and then regards to you know trump is going to go after our youth and i mean this is. I'm not going to wag my finger at them. They, you know, they they represent a, uh, a more energetic part of the electorate, but they're not the entire electorate. Um, it's a good thing to get the youth organized, to get them connected to us, Carl. It's a very important thing to have youth going, and they uh, they have risen in in many different areas in the history to change things. Matter of fact, they this last election they showed up big time, but they stopped. They stopped the uh, the Vietnam War. It was the youth movement to stop the Vietnam War. Um, and so there's a, there's a space, but it's not always guaranteed that youth will show up even in the best of times. So the thing is, like I said, is to have the discussion, at least I, I think is the thing to have discussions and to make sure that the conversations, you know, don't go into wagging fingers and you, know, you better watch out or trying to, you know, how you have to ask yourself, how did that work? When you heard it. You know what I'm saying? Like, how did, how did it work when older cats were like, here's you wagging a finger at you, you better, such, such, and such. And, you know, people who are a generation or two generations away from you don't dress the way you dress. You got your own language, a lexicon of what you're using. You have your own things that are your considerations. There's new tech, new ideas, new concepts, new ways of going things. Some of the laws that they enacted actually worked. And so the world has changed. You're raised in a changed world. And, you know, here they are now telling you how you should think. Um, those, it rarely works. So the, it should be a conversation. It should be a conversation, in my opinion.
3: I totally agree. And that's why we have the conversation here, Brandon. Brandon, before we let you go, how can folks reach you, hear some more of your commentaries?
2: Now, straight to uh, Carl Nelson. When I, when, I come, when I come on the car, I'll show I, yeah, Hopefully, you'll have me on before uh, Karange uh, uh, the next the next to go to Kwanzaa again. Hopefully, you'll have me on before, it is, before
3: you know. the next Kwanzaa, yeah. <laughs> of course, of course, because yeah, the blue okay. landscape is going to be changing quite a bit. As soon as the clock turns over to the new year, then everybody gets into campaign mode. Not, not, and a lot of local races, too, that we have to look at. And, and this is for the Absolutely. folks who, who don't think that voting matters because you, you know right. if you can't you, you're in your neighborhood and you wonder why your schools are in such poor condition and your roads are in poor condition you've got to vote the people who are going to take care of it because that's what the other folks do so i anyway. know
2: you got to go but i know you got to go but i yeah. absolutely agree with that and when people sit around and use that as a bludgeon man voting doesn't change then what what does it do for black people blah 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 and man. i always say Carlson, you know how does your trash get picked up if you don't know that if you don't know that, then you need to understand what voting really does.
3: Here's the other part too, Brandon. You know, when Johnny Conklin was here, and when, especially when he went through the OJ trial, after they assembled the, the, and went through the verdure and, and, and he says, "Man, I'm I'm really happy with this panel." Because he understands that how many times, and you speak to criminal defense attorneys, they go into a courtroom, they're defending a brother or a sister, and the, the, the panel is all white. They know it's a, a very uphill task. They know it's a fight all the way, because that panel does not sympathize with, with, with their client. And that's what happened right. with in the OJ trial. So that, and that's not. And you can't sit on the panel unless you're registered to vote. So that's another thing because the true. people who's on to oh, vote, they're, they're, and they're on one end, they're saying don't vote. They're, they're free, free black people. Why are we so you know, and they complain why, why why we can't do anything? Why they keep having their foots on our necks? Because you allow them to. But anyway,
2: you're talking about you're talking about jury duty. Yeah. And jury duty is is to to not see faces. And to not understand what those faces represent and not, and not to not – when you're in that courtroom and you ever had to stand in front of a judge, a situation myself included, especially on my, my politics and, and having dealt with in the streets, our presence not being there and knowing that it's people not registering, not showing up to, to serve on jury duty, throwing it in the trash, then you start understanding where half of the battle is lost, even before, even before you wake up. Because once you throw the, the thing in the trash, you, you, you've you taken yourself out of the game.
4: Life is full of things to manage. Your work,
1: your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kisimta Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kisimta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation.
3: Yeah. And, and the cycle continues though and that's why we we have to break that cycle because then their, their children go to better schools get better education come back and and they have their foot on the necks of our children so at some point yeah. we've got to break that cycle and it's the only game in town is voting you know if you know a better way show it we'd love to hear it thank you brandon
2: all right brothers take care now
3: all right, that's Brandon. He's a political blogger family, and that's what he does. He, and he especially works with our young people. Not not young, young people, but younger people than us, at least, uh, in doing that. Let me say Obari Ghani to our next guest, Brother S- Sadiqa Bakari. Welcome back to the program.
6: Greetings, Brother Umoja. How are you?
3: Unity, that's what we're striving for. But let's get it on right <laughs> now and t- talk about artificial intelligence, AI. We're, we're approaching the new year, Brother Siddiqui. So what do you think, uh, wh- what do you see this, for the new year as far as artificial intelligence? Because people were saying that it grew by leaps and bounds uh, for 2023. What do you see for
6: 2024? Uh, well, <laughs> the media told everyone that it grew by leaps and bounds in 2023. Let's 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 make that very clear. Um, as far as 2024, it's going to be more intrusive as far as uh, tapping, into people's, uh, tapping into people's senses, right? So that's what we're going to really start seeing more of, uh, from a standpoint of uh, virtual reality, immersive reality, augmented reality, um, all these different forms of uh, virtual reality, so to speak. That, that's what we're going to see more of. So right now it's kind of quiet on the set. That's intentional, um, but what we definitely will see is we will see technologies coming out that will definitely tap into people's senses. Right? Because remember, what's the what's the goal or the end game? People always ask that question. What's the goal? What's the end game? So for them, the goal or the end game is to make you the technology. Right? Even though you already are the technology but be clear you t- to know what I'm saying, right? Meaning to immerse you further into artificial intelligence, into that form of technology, as opposed to the organic archetypal original form, primordial form of technology, which is you, all right? So the point is to take you outside of you so that you can't manifest, the technology that exists within you and you're trapped within a technology that exists outside of you. And that technology will be used to siphon your energy, so to speak. All right. So in other words, it's parasitic. All right. That's the point to put you in the computer or to put you in the digital phone. That's their end game. So is there
3: you know, any way you can escape this, though, uh, Brother Siddiqui? If people are listening so um, you know, they hear some of these terms, they've never heard these terms before. They hear, hear about the AI, artificial intelligence, and they think, oh, man, that, that doesn't involve me. That's that's some tech stuff. Uh, you know, I, yeah. I, I can't succumb to that. Is it? Is there a way to escape that, though? Well,
6: the way to escape it is obviously um, the most notable way, which is, don't immerse yourself into the technology. These different technologies um, limit the use of the technologies. <clears throat> However, one way or another, everyone will be involved in it because if if they are on or using technology, they will be involved in it because of their likeness. All right, because your likeness is key, um, your words are key, all of these things are key. Whatever it is that you're doing on the internet. Those things are key. All right. So the, the least a person is involved with that or interfacing with that, the better. In other words, know what you're using it for. <coughs> and outside of that, um, there's really no need for it. So use it as a benefit um, as opposed to addiction.
3: Right, uh, it's 11 after the time of that, but you've been telling us all along, but I just saw a report, Brother Siddiqui, that less and less people are logging on to the internet, especially to Facebook and all these other social media. They, they, more people are dropping out, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, have, have they figured out what's going on, what you've been uh, teaching us for all these years?
6: Some are, and, and even those who may not, who's logging off, there's an awakening taking place right? People are tapping more into their divinity, they're plugged more into that aspect of themselves. So those things are happening. Um, That's really rarely talked about because people are so enamored with media and and what's going on, you know, all over the world, war, chaos, you know, all these disagreeable things as opposed to all the beautiful things that's
3: taking place. Yeah, but you've been telling us that without us though, AI cannot work, that we supply the data for them. And we we look at the internet and people are, you know, they're posting, showing off their Christmas trees and the new Mm -hmm. shoes they bought and what they got for Christmas and the club they went to, the game they went to. Are they Mm -hmm. playing into these folks' hands when they're sharing all this personal information on the internet?
6: Absolutely, Uh, absolutely. Data is key for what's happening as far as algorithms are concerned, um, pathology is concerned in regards to uh, algorithms. So, uh, you know, all of that is based off of, again, all of that is part of our likeness, right? So when you start talking about uh, memory and all of these different things, those things are based off of us. When you start talking about programming, um, you know, computers and all of these different things, those things are based off of, us. This is why I've always said we are the original primordial algorithm, right? To blink, that's a process, right? It's an algorithm that's taking place, a pathology that's taking place for you to blink, for you to walk, right? For your organs to operate properly. All of these things are algorithms for you to think. All of these things are algorithms for your intuition to work, for your imagination to work. All of these things are based off of algorithmic technology.
3: All right, hold that thought right there. We've got to take a quick break. When we come back, though, I want you to explain to us what God, Activision, technology is all about. Family, you want to join this conversation with Brother Siddiqui, reach out to us at 800-450-7876. Your phone calls in four minutes after the traffic and weather update right here in Baltimore on 1010 WOLB and also in the DMV on FM 95.9 and AM 1450. WOL, where information is power. And good morning, family, and thanks for rolling with us. Twenty minutes after the top of the hour on this first day of Kwanzaa, Emoji Unity. Our guest is Brother Sadiq Bukhari. We're discussing artificial intelligence, AI, and he's, he's going to explain to us what God activation, activation technology is, an ascension algorithm, also their relationship to transhumanism. And don't let these phrases get you, because you know he'll explain and break them down exactly what these phrases are. Don't get intimidated by them if you're hearing them some of them for the first time. But before we talk about God activation, Vision Technology Brother Siddiqui. Charlie Blue in LA has a question for you. He's on line one. Good morning, Charlie Blue.
7: Hey, good morning, Carl. And uh, I hope everybody had a Merry Christmas, you know, and getting to the new year. But uh, you're talking about the artificial intelligence and all. I'm on dialysis. And I know stem cells research has something to do with it because it's something about, I did a little research how like, I guess my body can somehow grow another kidney or something with the artificial insemination and and stem cell. I know, I don't know if stem cell has something to do with it, but Mm that can you, expound on that
3: somehow stem cell with
7: kidney people with kidney
3: problems it's it right. a good question uh, can, can okay can he grow a new kidney through artificial intelligence because ai can can they do that and charlie blue thank you for your question i hope you feel much better brother sadiki okay, thank you
6: um, <clears throat> from a stat now first of all i'm not a medical doctor or anything of the sort but as far as stem cells um, stem cells, yes, our body does have the ability to regenerate aspects of itself. And I'm, I'm sitting here doing my best to think of the sister who deals specifically with this type of work and research. And, and it's not coming to mind, Carl, this, um, elder sister now, um, Jewel Pukram. All right, brother, look up Jewel Pukram, all right, Jewel, J-E-W-E-L, Pukrum, uh, P-O-O-K-R-U-M, Jewel, Pukram. So when you look up her work, she specifically deals with stem cells, um, the regeneration of the body and things of that nature. Now, stem cells, you're not dealing with AI. Now, is AI attempting to replicate? Stem cells? Of course they are, right? So um, that's what needs to be found out first. Are you dealing with stem cells or are you dealing with um, an artificial form of stem cells, right? Now, let me also say this to qualify something in regards to technology so the listeners understand. First of all, I'm not against technology, there are aspects of technology that can be used, that can be beneficial. Obviously. So, in those particular um, realms, then technology can be used. Let's use technology to assist humanity and things of that nature. Now, outside of that, if we're dealing with technology from a standpoint where it is not assisting humanity, that's a problem. All right. And first and foremost, technology never trumps. technology meaning artificial intelligence types of technologies, technologies that are not primordial and organic, should never trump the original technology, which is ourselves. That comes first and that comes foremost. Our divinity, our intuition, our imagination, all of those things come first, all right? And that's what I wanted to make sure was qualified for people to Overstand. But as far as the uh, stem cells and the kidneys and all of that, brother, I would just keep um, doing research on that. Um, Definitely, Jewel Pukram, look her up, and that's where you'll find um, the type of, of knowledge that you need regarding that. And she does classes and things of that nature as well.
3: Right. And we used to have her on quite a bit back in the day. Yes. Uh, Dr. Yes. Jewel Pukram. Uh, went, she was based in Detroit back then. I'm not sure where she is now, but that's, yeah, yeah, Charlie Blue. Uh, look her up and, and uh, you'll, get, you'll get some more information on what you're trying to achieve right there. 26 after the topic. I got some more folks want to talk to you, Brother Siddiqui. Roger's also out mm-hmm. in California. He's online too. Roger, good morning. You're on with Brother Siddiqui.
0: Barigani Carl, uh Brother Siddiqui. Uh, Brother Siddiqui, uh, I just found this new AI app called Poe where you can ask it any question and it'll give you a chat GPT answer. So I asked mm-hmm. the question about the Willie Lynch letter and it gave me this long discourse that the Willie Lynch letter is fake but it's some good in it. Then I asked it about the Franklin Doctrine. That's a paper written by Benjamin Franklin that's real anti-Semitic. It told me It never heard of it. It never heard of Mm -hmm. the Franklin Doctrine. This is AI technology. And that that got me curious. This AI technology is still controlled. You know what? It was recently Mm -hmm. found out that certain stores are not adding up the products properly. They're putting on fake products. Products aren't ringing up with the prices that you saw. And nobody is checking behind this technology. And as you know, and I I want you to expound on it, how it can be programmed to actually rob and rip the people off because we're so trusting of it that we think it's giving us the truth when in fact it's giving us some kind of lies and it's ripping us off. Could you expound on all of this self-checkout and scan and the programming and adding things up and even at the gas station, when you get a gallon of gas, is it actually the price that's advertised or is it a different uh, price? Thank you. I will take your response out there,
3: brother. All right, thanks, Roger. And brother Sadik also he talked about the information he got when he asked those questions. Can you explain to the audience how how AI comes up with with the answer that he got? Because he one he gave him an answer about Willie Lynch and the, the Franklin document. It said it didn't know. What does that tell you?
6: Well, it's based on programming. <laughs> I mean, I, people think that ChatGPT and all these other um, operating systems, like like they have um, their own brain, so to speak, right? But in essence, it's just programs. It's taking uh, information that's been, you know, extrapolated through programming, right? So that's what you're dealing with, programming, which means there's a programmer, right? Now, let's look at ChatGPT. GPT, what does that stand for? Generative
2: Pre-Training.
6: Generative pre training. So, what does that mean? It means it's a work in progress. That's what it means. But what I was just telling a client um, the other day is what you're not finding in the news in regards to ChatGPT initially when it was this big. Technology boom earlier in 2023, and they were talking about how great ChatGPT is, and it's changing the world, and it's the future, and it's all these different things, and you'll get left behind if you don't use the technology. All these different aspects of fear, because that's what it was it was fear programming, and I deal with all of that. Um, now, initially, they said that ChatGPT had a success rate of around 85 to 90 percent give or take a percent what's not being reported is now ChatGPT GPT has a success rate of 4%. So it's interesting that the brother is saying that he couldn't get an answer or chat GPT said it didn't have an answer for the question that he asked about, um, anti-Semitism or Semitism. Right? So that's very interesting. So, again, it's programmed. Now, what do I always say about technology in general? You cannot separate the technologies from the people who's programming the technology. And sometimes it's us, but be clear. I mean, when I say people, I mean the controllers of the technology. All right. They're psychopathic. So with that being said, when you deal with the technology, it's going to be an extension of that psychosis or psychopathic pathology, right? So when you deal with algorithms, I've already made it clear you're dealing with pathology. So when you deal with algorithms from a standpoint of artificial intelligence and technology, you're dealing with pathology. I said years ago, the new so-called racism was technology. People said I was crazy. Now people understand exactly what I was saying, 10 15 years later so the technology now has become an extension of so-called racism and the handlers of it
3: all right I got some more people before for, talk to you 30 after the top there charles is in baltimore he's on line three good morning charles your only brother sadiki
0: yes yeah. how you doing brother sadiki greetings Yes, I have a, um, a little um, thing about the algorithm, and just tell me how far I'm, I'm off or if I'm on. So, your algorithm to me is a mind of the mind, harvesting information about you, your location, your GPS, your likes, your shares, your content, your duration, your participation, it's mm-hmm. tracking, and it it asks what you explore, what you ignore, what you allow yourself to be scanned by. It's actually mm-hmm. a digital profile, your mm-hmm. social credit score, because mm-hmm. they want to determine your temperament because you're mm-hmm. being studied and copied.
3: Mm-hmm. All right, let's give him a chance to respond. Thanks, Charles. Brother yeah,
6: that is correct. All of that is data. The data is what creates the algorithm, right? So yes, he is absolutely correct. All of those things are part of data. All everything he mentioned is part of data, and yes, that's what it's it's ultimately being used for. Um, so yeah, he's on point. You're on point, brother. You right. You right where you need to be.
3: All right, 28 away from the top of the hour. Uh, God Activision Technology. Can you explain that for us?
6: Yeah, sure, absolutely. And, and just for the listeners, I, I'm having a, a class on a January 7th. Um, you have to register for that class by Friday, this Friday. Again, January 7th. Email me if you would like to be part of that class, or you can register and invest in yourself. Um, Siddiquibakari at Hotmail.com, S A. D-I-K-I-B-A-K-A-R-I Siddiqui Bakari at Hotmail.com Okay, so when we say God activation, first let's, let's deal with that because I know that's a lot. Um, when we say quote-unquote God, I'm using this term loosely, alright? But when people think of this notion of God, they think of, of divinity, omnipotence, omniscience, um, greatness, things of that nature, right? So what I'm talking about is how do you activate those things in you, right? How do you attain goals? How do you tap into your intuition? How do you tap into your imagination? The creative forces, the force of manifestation, how do you implement these things? What are these things that you should be doing? Is there a process? Is there a formula? Yes, there is. Is there a regimen? What are the things that we should be doing to tap into the greater aspects of ourselves, all right? Those attributes that we've seen throughout our history, the ancestors, and so on and so forth, dealing with these particular attributes through what we call um Will later be. I'll tell you what, hold,
3: hold that thought God. right there. we got to take a quick break here and check the news, traffic, and weather in our okay. different cities. I'd like to drill down on that when we come back, folks. We'll talk about God, Activision, technology. Call up a couple of your friends, tell them Brother Siddiqui's is on the radio if they'll appreciate it. We'll be back in four minutes, though, right here in Baltimore on 1010 WOLB and also in the DMV. We're on FM 95.9 and AM 1450. WOL, where information is power. And good morning and happy Kwanzaa family. It's 20 minutes away from the top of the hour. It's a moja the first day of Kwanzaa. This is when we light the black candle on the Kanara. I guess his brother, Siddique, uh, brother Siddiqui Bakari, and we're talking about AI, artificial intelligence. He's breaking down what God Activision technology is. Before we go back to him, let me just remind you, coming up uh, in the next few days, you're going to hear from journalist Brother Obi, also Pan-African rep, uh, Reparationist, Dr. David Horn, will be here. So make sure if you're in Baltimore that your radio is locked in tight on 1010-WLB. Bring the DMV on FM 95.9 and AM 1450 WOL. All right, uh, brother Sneaky, can you break it down for us? What is god activation technology?
6: Okay, so again as I mentioned earlier, you are the technology, all right? Now, how do you activate that technology is the major question, right? You are already a genome, all right? We, a genome is just an organism with the complete set of DNA. All right. Including his genes. So it includes all information needed to maintain that organism. So we're talking about the mind. We're talking about consciousness, awareness, intuition, imagination, your central nervous system, your neurological system, the subconscious mind, so on and so forth. All right. That's what we're talking about now. Why is the activation not taking place for many people? It's not taking place because there's particular things that people are dealing with because of trauma, fear, and programming, all right? This is important. I'm going to list some things here. I guarantee you, listeners, you're dealing with three to five of these things, and I know you are because they're connected, right? So this is what's stopping people from tapping into God activation, tapping into the ascension algorithm, all right? Overreactions, defensiveness, control issues, overbearing. Resentment, unforgiving, low self-esteem, self-sabotage, controlling, immaturity, entitlement, make excuses, pettiness, anxiety, depression, spiteful, passive aggression, stubborn, emotional numbness, lack of focus, distracted, hormonal imbalance, always feeling threatened, uncontrollable reactions, lack of discipline, lack of consistency. All right. These are attributes that are stopping people from being able to tap into this God activation technology that exists within them. Again, those things are. Connected to the trauma that people are dealing with, the fear that people are dealing with and how that affects their central nervous system, how that affects their ability to have healthy pathologies to. Uh, to deal with goals, to deal with their divinity, to deal with purpose, to deal with healing, to deal with all of these different things. All right. So in order to get to God activation, you have to deal with trauma. You have to deal with fear and these attributes as well, which are all connected to those things. That's what I want. I need for people to understand. Now, do we know how to do it? Of course we do. Of course, we know how to deal with those particular attributes that people are dealing with, trauma, fear, so on and so forth, um, where they're derived, um, where they come from, the, the childhood aspects of things, the programming, all of these different things. All right. Now, once people begin to deal with those things, now they can go to their next level. Now they can begin to tap into this quote-unquote God activation, um, this technology, this manifestation, this this um, ascension algorithm, because this is about transformation. This is about empowering ourselves. This is about taking ourselves to the next level. This is about what the ancient Kepra, right? That's what this is about. Um, the emergence of our beingness coming into our own, coming into our greatness, coming into our power. That's what this is about, right? Tapping into the things that's going to sustain us. When we talk about those Kwanzaa principles, right, to tap into those principles consistently on a daily basis, not just one week, but a daily basis consistently. That's God activation technology right? When we can tap into self-determination, tagalia. when we can tap into near purpose, when we can tap into these things on a daily basis, when we can tap into emoji unity, first and foremost, unity within our own selves first, (laughs) because we're not unified within ourselves, the individual being, because it's a lot of trauma that we're dealing with. That has to be dealt with in order for us to move in the true spirit of this what I call God activation or the Ascension algorithm.
4: Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your
1: plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kisimta.com Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation.
3: All right, hold that thought right there. It's uh, fourteen away from the top. There, Marcus is joining us. He's calling from Memphis. He's on line one. Good morning, Marcus.
8: Yes, Carl. Good morning, and good morning, brother back, um, back here. Back, uh, Great.
3: Bakari. Great. Um, what about
8: Bakari, what do you think about um black black um, people, black youth, learning how to fix that AI machine? Because really, you know, it's just a machine you see? Mm -hmm. It's just Mm -hmm. a bunch of resistors, capacitors, inductors, and really all you need, you know, is basic algebra. You may need Mm -hmm. a little Boolean algebra because it's all based off a binary number system, a Mm base two number system. Mm -hmm. So what Mm -hmm. do you think about us, you know, learning to fit that ai because yes. it's going to break those machines mm-hmm. break <laughs> and i mean right now there is a severe shortage of uh, electrical technicians in yeah. the marketplace you know to, to to repair those companies are paying eight thousand dollar bonus three thousand dollar bonus to come on board to repair these things and all you need is two years of, of, of associate degree so what are your thoughts on, on that, you know?
6: Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. Thanks, Marcus. Absolutely. Um, you should definitely learn the technology. But again, if they are not led to understand how to use the technology for our benefit, then that's obviously going to be a problem. Um, let's look at, you mentioned binary codes, mathematics, right? Where do we first see binary codes? Listeners, I need you to listen to this. You first see binary codes in Kemet, or what people call Egypt today. That's where you first see binary codes, binary numbers, and things of that nature, all right? That's where it it comes from us. So that's what we have to understand. So again, what we're seeing is something that we've created being turned into something that's being used for nefarious purposes and reasons, all right? So again, we are the original algorithm we are the primordial algorithm anything that we master as long as we are doing it from the aspect of divinity and true purpose and authenticity everything will be fine but once we start dealing with it from a standpoint that's not dealing with my truth justice righteousness harmony order reciprocity and so on and so forth morals Essex, that's where the problem comes into play. All right. It's a reason the foundation has always been my eye, wherever, whatever they call it, wherever you are on the planet, they are dealing with my eye, whether you're dealing with spirituality or whether you're dealing with religion. The, the foundation is my eye. All right. So as long as we're doing these things in my eye, not a problem. But if we're not doing these things in my eye, a major problem. And when these things get into the hands of people who have never operated in Ma'at, who have always operated in Isfet, the opposite of Ma'at, chaos, disunity, disharmony, so on and so forth, greed, then that's what you're going to get on the back end of that, all right? So as long as we're operating in true spiritual purpose, we're fine. And of course, our children can master it because it comes from us. It comes from their genetics It's part of who and what they are. So, um, yeah, I definitely support that being um, administered, so to speak, to our children.
3: Well, let me jump in and ask this question of something similar to what Marcus was talking about at 10 away from the top. The the shot callers, the people at the top of the, the food chain in AI, do they look like us?
6: At the top, no. Now, again, as I stated before, and see, so let me let me clarify this. So when we say at the top, if we are talking about the top and it's one person black person or person of African descent there, then that means no. <laughs> okay, I'm not talking about this this one person or two people. When you're talking about a whole um Expansiveness of white folks. All right. So no. Now are we the ones who are the brainchilds behind a lot of these things? Absolutely. But not in positions of power. So just like what we've seen throughout throughout uh, recent history, this is no different. It's not any different. All right. So that's something we need to understand. But back to the children. Most importantly. The children should understand how to plant, how to do all these different things that's tied into nature first. That's something that our children should definitely be oriented into. Now, that's problematic because most of their parents aren't oriented into those things. All right. But that's first and foremost them being oriented into nature and dealing with nature. Because what happens when (laughs) the great AI machines? turns off and that day will come whether it's in our lifetime or whether it's the next generation or the next generation or whenever but that's because it is an artificial technology at some point it will be cut off whether it is by them or whether it is nature itself so that day will come So our children most definitely need to know how to or get back to dealing with what we dealt with before this notion of artificial intelligence.
3: Yeah. And let me just throw this in here because I saw a story. I I think it was probably on 60 Minutes about facial recognition. And the fact Mm -hmm. is that the people who created that, that software, they created in their likeness, white men and Asian men. Right. And and it just messed up. But when it came come to blackface, the, they they messed up on several accounts. and You know, people got got in, in trouble because they, they they were they were, they were you know, the the equipment said that they were there that person, and they weren't that person. I mean, it was way off. Uh, right. One one wasn't even. One was a male, and one was a female, and one Hispanic. It was, it was way off. Mm-hmm. So I just want how, how do we how do we deal with that? If if they messing up just, uh, and I guess. They, they, they're the ones who put the input, the information into this, Mm -hmm. uh, this uh, contraption, this artificial intelligence, uh, face recognition, what is, which is part of it. And they come up with something that's, that's wrong. How, how, what what can we do and i'll I tell you what we gotta take a quick break i mm-hmm. didn't put this put the, you on the spot but i'll let you respond to that when we get back family you want to join okay. this conversation with our guest brother siddiqui bakari discussing artificial intelligence that's what he does he's a futuristic researcher we come back we're also going to talk about ascension algorithms and also talk about their relationship all of this relationship to transhumanism because this is a, this is something that you need to know we're back in four minutes though right here in baltimore on 1010 wolb and also in the dmv on fm 95.9 and am 1450 wol or information is power and good morning again family habari ghani first day of kwanzaa moja uh this is unity this is the day you light the black candle that's the one in the middle and the canara so we'll uh, those of you who celebrate kwanzaa uh, uh this is what happens today unity and that's why they p- chose unity as the first the first uh, uh, one that we should deal with because you know we have a problem with unity but we i know we working on it and i think we, we will get better i guess this morning is brother siddiqui bakari he's discussing artificial intelligence before we left we're talking about God Activision Technologies, and also talked about face recognition. And I remember now, clearly, it wasn't 60 minutes, it was CNN. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and the brother was there and, and he, you know, they took the pictures of them and his face recognition. They came back and says uh, he he was a, a Latino woman who was there, another reporter at CNN, just just showing that it doesn't always work. So my question mm-hmm. to you is, uh, Brother Siddiqui, is there any way we can get into those kind of rooms? Because the people who make these decisions, who make these all of this data that they, they put in there, They don't look like us. How do we force our way in or do we build our own?
6: Well, definitely it would be a thing of building our own Coogee Chagalia self determination. um, First and foremost, because what will happen is even getting in those rooms. And we know this from history, getting in those rooms is like, um, a, (laughs) a pebble of sand in the ocean. All right. So, um, and you know there's a, a a structure and a hierarchy there for a reason. So um, it's more about self determination. Um, but in regards to the technology itself, facial recognition or biometric technology, um, you know, the people have allowed media to program them and to make them think that AI or technology is quote unquote God, um, that it has feelings. That it has emotions, that is conscious, that is sentient, smart, smart technology, that is smart, right? So people have gone for the programming, even though this this phone can't spell my name right, but it's smart technology, right? So um, the programming plays a huge ro- a huge role in what's happening here. All right, people think that technology is far superior. Than it is that's a major problem, and people put the premise on external technologies as, as opposed to putting the premise on ourselves as the greatest technology as well as nature as well as the cosmos and other things that's around us um, externally that's organic and primordial so that's the major issue um, we we've, we've become a people who deify and edify not only. White people, but also what white people control. That's the issue. We see it in scholarship. Um, We see it in many other facets of human experience. And that's what's taking place. So until we get back to edifying and deifying ourselves and our creations and manifestations, we will always get the short end of the stick.
3: Well, let me ask you this before I take a call for you, three after the topic. Can we build our own platforms? What is what is stopping us? Why, why can't we build our own Facebook and all the other areas? Well,
6: people have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just that um, the support is not there. So there are platforms that's been created, and there'll be more platforms that will be created. But the question is, will black people support those platforms? Um We look at Facebook, we look at Instagram, Twitter, all these platforms that, you know, people are on and and that's fine. But when it comes to the black platforms, it's it's really difficult because black people are choosing to stay on those other platforms. So when we have platforms, they're not successful, right? It's like um, when we have our own, shoe brands and companies or whatever it is that we're dealing with, we'll keep getting brands from, uh, mainstream white corporations as opposed to supporting our own people. All right. So, you know, those things are problematic, but that comes back to <laughs> us operating in our divinity. All right. If we go cons- any
3: further, can, can we use a, I, and because today is the first day of of Kwanzaa, Unity, can we use it to our to our advantage to create unity amongst us? You know, it seems like you see on the internet that they they take, mm-hmm. you know, when they start bringing down one of us, it, it, it it's just like a truckload. Everybody agrees and piles on, mm-hmm. and, and it's a lot of it is just hearsay. You know, yeah. How can we how can we get around that? Can can we build it to to use this new technology? You know, to help us.
6: Well, it does help us. Let me not. I don't want people to think it doesn't help us. People are listening to this show partly because of technology, algorithms, AI. And this show is able to happen because of technology. So, you know, there's things happening. Now, when we deal with unity, that is a rabbit hole in itself because you can't have unity and have self-hate. You can't have unity and not love yourself. You can't have unity and, and not have proper, clear, precise purpose, goals, mission. You can't have unity and have those things. You can't have unity and have disunity within the ranks of that unity. You can't have unity and have people attempting to sabotage the things that you're doing to unite. And when I say people, I'm not even talking about the government. I'm talking about our own people. Because it's not just the government, it's not just the CIA, it's not just the FBI, it's, it's our people as well in our communities that's just as much of a problem. Now, we know that's partially due to programming and things of that nature. So we need to be deprogrammed and reprogrammed in order for this unity that we talk about. And first and foremost, unity doesn't mean everyone. That's another misnomer. We think we all have to unite as a people. That's not going to happen. But the people who are willing, those are the people who come together and make things happen. I remember Steve Coakley used to tell us, the great ancestor and, and uh, my teacher, he used to tell us that all you really need in these major cities are 10 people who are well-equipped on what it is that their mission is. That's all you need, 10 people in every major city. See, people will bypass that because you think you need all these thousands and millions of people, right? And you don't, it's about like minds, but that's that in itself again is a rabbit hole, right? So it comes back to what I deal with. And and, and I'm so glad you asked that question because this is how I got to where I am now and what I've been doing really for the last 10 or 15 years. And that's, dealing more with the empowerment side of things, empower technology, right? Because that deals with assisting people to heal, assisting people to love themselves, assisting people to deal with trauma, assisting people to deal with fear, assisting people to deal with low self-esteem, insecurities, jealousies, envies, all the things that gets in the way of unity. Because when you sit in a room, what are people bringing in the room? They're bringing their issues into that room. That's why we have so many problems with so-called leadership, because people bring their issues into the room. The jealousy, the low self-esteem, the self-sabotage. We're very good at that as a people, self-sabotage. All right. So that's what this is about. The ascension algorithm, that's what it's about. God activation technology, that's what it's about. Because until you can enact that within yourself, how can you get with someone else who is activating it? There's going to be a problem in where you are headed and and moving in clarity. It's going to be a problem. So it comes back to us working on ourselves first and foremost. So all the money that people spent on gifts yesterday, you should be willing to spend just as much money and invest in your Development in attaining your goals, in dealing with your subconscious mind, restructuring your subconscious mind, deprogramming and reprogramming, dealing with your central nervous system, dealing with your neurological self, resetting and upgrading yourself as a genome, your mindset. You should be investing in your mindset. How and why do you think? What do you think? Why do you think that way? Why do you have a negative? type of thought process or a disagreeable type of thought process because that's what your speech and your actions will ultimately be. So that's what this is about. That's first gotcha. and
7: foremost.
3: Ten away after the topic. Our Big Wes is joining us, uh, calling from the ATL. He's on line one. Good morning, Wes. You're on Brother Siddiqui.
7: Hey, that's right. Right on, my brother. Hey, you hit right when I was going to talk about, man. Okay. Yeah, um, Elijah Muhammad said, man, we can uh, uh, write our own history by what our thoughts. Mm. The, speed of, the speed of thought, man, travels yep. through two hundred and thirty-four billion miles a second. That's thought, y'all. Okay, so thought energy follow thought, man. Okay, yep. whatever you yes. think, right? That's why you got to watch your tongue. When you what, by the time that thought hit your tongue, whatever you <laughs> gonna say, gonna happen. Gonna happen, man. I keep trying to mm-hmm. tell our folks, man you okay? mm-hmm. Once we put it out there in the universe, it's going to happen, man. All right. <laughs> and a lot of us, we tell the enemy what to do to take us out, man. Oh, they're going right right. to do this. They're going to do this. they go, going man, come on, man. Y'all giving the, the universe give you permission with your tongue, whatever you say, it happens, y'all. This ain't no joke. Cause I'm a glitch in their matrix, man. That's why that facial recognition don't work on us, man. We're a glitch in their matrix. You got Correct. two computers going at each other. A, a good mm-hmm. computer and a bad computer, you catch into the good one, and that thought works fast, man. It ain't no joke, mm-hmm. man. But mm-hmm. anyway, I, right. I picked up a episode, uh, uh, Kwesi and my brother. I love y'all, man. you you, break, you right on the money, man. I love y'all. Thank Peace. you,
3: brother. All right. Thanks, Big Wes. Uh Brother Siddiqui, you want to comment on anything he said?
7: Oh, I love it.
6: I love it. That the thought is definitely powerful, and it is a war for your mind meaning your thoughts and so on and so forth. So yeah, he's absolutely on point. Um, Thoughts are key. That's something we need to make sure we're getting back to. Your intentions are binary codes. Your thoughts are currency. Your words are algorithms. Your actions is momentum. So yes, that's what we have to put more focus on. And again, that's what the ascension algorithm is about. It's about thought. (laughs) I mean, when you deal with the seven axioms of Jehudi, The first one deals with the mind, all is mind, all is mental, right? That's your first axiom. So that alone is telling you what is of prime importance, which is your thought, right? This is the reason the programming exists the way it exists, to control your thoughts.
3: And, and having said that, we come up on break. When we come back, though, tell us, what can we do about that? Since there, there's a there's a move to control our thoughts, and then we, when you control our thoughts, they control us. What can we do yes. to combat mm-hmm. that? Well, I'll let you explain that when we get back. we got to take another quick look okay. at the traffic and weather in our different cities. 14 after the top of the hour family. We'll be back in four minutes, though. We have Brother Sadiq Bakari. You want to get in on this conversation? Reach out to us at 800-450-7876. Your phone calls in four minutes, as I mentioned, right here in Baltimore on 10. And 10 W O L B and also in the DMV on FM 95.9 and AM 1450 W O L Information is Power And Happy Kwanzaa family, first day of Kwanzaa Moja Unity, abari barigani to all our friends who celebrate Kwanzaa. And today we're speaking with Brother Sadiq Bakari. he's he talking about uh, future he's a futuristic researcher. We're talking about AI, artificial intelligence. Before we left, uh, Brother Sadiq, you said the fight is on for our mind. They're trying to get our mind. So what can we do about it?
6: All right. So um, this is this this is work from my new book, Nuclear Thought and Anatomic Algorithms. All right. Now, when we deal with with thoughts, that's what we were talking about. And the war for it, right? So, first of all, what is thought? Thought is nuclear energy in in motion, exploding. Thought is nuclear power genome manifested. Thought is atoms colliding and splitting with intention. Thought is neurons on fire with vision and purpose. Thought is frontal lobe divine activation. Thought is the imagination in quote unquote God mode. Thought is electromagnetic and atomic configuration. Thought envisions and designs the future in real time. So thought, we know, is powerful. Now, what's happening with thought? Thought is being programmed, all right? So what needs to happen? There needs to be a reset, so to speak, a shift. And the way to do that, because thought Part of what thought is, is based on the subconscious mind as well as the central nervous system. So, what needs to happen is the subconscious mind needs to be restructured and the central nervous system needs to be re- restructured, at least a part of it that can. All right, so we're talking about deprogramming and reprogramming. The subconscious mind is pathological, it deals with repetition. So, this repetition or these pathologies continue to come out of your thought process, your speech, and your actions. So once you imprint a new environment or stimuli for your subconscious mind, your thoughts in turn will change based off of the shifting and reset of your subconscious mind as well as your central nervous system. So this is what needs to happen. Your mindset will change. This is the ascension algorithm. So we deal with the subconscious mind. We deal with the the, uh, central nervous system. Um, What are some of the things that we do? I am, quote, unquote, I am technology or affirmation technology. We use affirmations as a way to create new stimuli for your subconscious mind and your being in general to operate off of. That needs to happen. All right? Also, we deal with intention setting intentions and what that means from a standpoint of organizing, planning, creating clarity. We also deal with reflection. Reflection assists a person in order to know what it is they need to continue to do moving forward to improve themselves versus what they don't need to do from a standpoint of the experiences and the situations that they they dealt with. Um, Creating stepping stones. We don't deal with failure. We don't, We don't deal with that. We don't know what failure is or what fail means. We deal with stepping stones. All right. Stepping stones are important. You learn from those experiences and you keep it moving and you keep growing. Um, Of course, uh, reading also helps when you're tapped in. You your spirit will lead you to the proper uh, type of reading that's necessary. All right. So those are things that we focus on. We focus on discipline. We focus on consistency. uh, And we also focus on, of course, focus. Meditation is also something that uh, people do have success with, um, as well as visualization. Visualization is a key because you are taking something out of your mind, the quantum world, and you're bringing it into the physical world through alchemy. All right. And transmutation. So these are things that we do and as many other things that we do to assist people to attain their minor and major goals. Um, I mentioned momentum. If people understood the science and power of momentum, their life would change immediately. And I'm going to be teaching these things on January 7th. Intuition, technology, imagination, technology. All of these things I'll be teaching. All right. The ascension algorithm, tapping into it, removing distraction, dealing with ritual and sigil. When you deal with the government, it's ritual and sigil all day, every day. You need to understand how to implement ritual and sigil in your life every day. All right. So those are some of the things that we deal with and some of the things that will help a person in regards to thought as well as their mindset.
3: All right, twenty-five at the topic. I've got some folks who are going to want to speak with you. Let's go to line one. Sister Fahima's calling us from the district. Good morning, Sister Fahima. I'm with Brother Sadiki.
9: uh Carl, and also to your guests and the listeners. Um, first off, I want to share that Isaac Hayes the third has built a social media platform. Once um, he's been working on it for quite some time, and it went live after um, Elon Musk. Had uh, mm-hmm. messed up Twitter. The other thing okay. I wanted to say, I have sent you some time ago because uh, I do uh, I do a little workforce development on the side, and I want to say shout out. I think it was Brother Christian that was calling from the Bahamas that encouraged us to get access to this technology. I sent you a listing, and I sent it to you again. Could you please put it on your social media? Eighteen free training certifications in AI schools like MIT. Schools like Harvard they have free online training so because they don't have enough people to to get these jobs the so Build Back Better um, bill has a whole host of opportunities for, for our community to contract and I'm asking you Carl could you please post it on social media so our community can access the free Free certification. Right. Well, tell you what, learn. send
3: it to me again. Yeah, I, I remember. I did. I, it's I, probably did
9: I did. I did send it to you. but I Yeah, I know,
3: but say, I said, can you send it again? Because I, I can't find it. it. I get a you. lot of texts and stuff like that.
9: I sent it to you. I okay, cool. It before I got on the line. And please post it on your social media. All of these schools, MIT, Harvard, they have free training for certifications. And our people can access contracts. Contracts of the Build Back Better plan, government contracts to better ourselves and better our community, in the spirit of Kuji Chakalia.
3: That's all it. right, and it's done. I already posted. Thank you, Sister Fahima, uh, Brother S- Sadiq. Any, you want to, anything you, that she said you want to discuss?
6: Um, no, we can move forward.
4: Life is full of things
1: to manage: your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kisimta ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation.
3: All right, let's go to line two. Shirley's calling us from DC. Good morning, Shirley. Oh, uh, Shirley hung up. All right. L- let me ask you this though, uh, Brother Siddiqui, at 27 after the, top of the hour, you. We talked a, a quite a bit of, about transhumanism, and mm-hmm. I know it's. it I keep asking you all the time, how close are we getting to that, where machines can have emotions because they're using okay. it to copy us of what we do, our style, and mimic right. what right. we do. But how close are they to making these? Uh, and, and if for the new listeners, can you explain what transhuman is first of all?
6: Yeah, transhumanism is the merging of. Man and machine, right, first and foremost, so people um, know what that means. So the more we're immersing ourselves in technology, the more it is becoming a transhumanist type of reality, right? Now, transhumanism already exists. It's just that it's different levels when we deal with transhumanism. Earlier in the show, I mentioned the end game. The end game is to literally put you, the human, into The virtual world or the Internet computer systems or so on and so forth. That's the end game. Now, to physically put you in those worlds is what I'm saying. All right. As well as spiritually. Now, what's happening right now is the interface is taking place. Externally. Right. So the phone, you're holding a phone. Right. Or you're sitting at the computer. Right. So it's external at the moment. But it's still an aspect of transhumanism because the technology becomes an extension of who and what you are. Um, What I do want people to be clear of and to understand is there is an agenda when you deal with AI and technology. So just because something is free does not mean that it's something that is, is going to ultimately be good for the person or the people. So we got to understand that we got to stop dealing with lack consciousness and poverty consciousness and overstand that sometimes things that are free cost too much. All right. We, we got to be clear about that, because what does it cost us on the back end? So those are things that we just have to really pay attention to and know what is this technology really about? It's not just about. Okay, we can use it to assist us in getting jobs or, you know, whatever it is that the premise is. But be very clear, there's something much more sinister when you deal with A.I. and you deal with technology. And that is the manipulation and co-optation of your soul. I cannot express that. Enough. I've done tons and tons of research when you deal with AI, when you deal with technology. I don't know if we have an African scholar that has done the quality and quantity of research that I have done on AI and technology. When I tell you it is something sinister and it's about encapsulating your soul, your consciousness, your spirit, that's what it is about. All right. So I have to say that and make that very, very clear. Why would they give these classes for free? We got to ask ourselves that question. How does it benefit them? The purpose is to enroll you in it. Now, I'm not saying people shouldn't take the classes. If you're going to take the classes and use it for the upliftment of our people, then great. I think that's phenomenal. All right. Whatever we're doing, we should be doing it for the upliftment of our people on some level. Fine. Appreciate that. Have gratitude for that. Grateful for that. Self-determination. Kujichagalia. That's what it's about. All right. Yeah. So let me say that now transhumanism, many different things associated with it. So when you hear these terms, you're dealing with some form of AI technology, transhumanism, Posthumanism. the singularity, the bionic age, the nano age, robotics, homo evolutus, human plus or H plus cybernetics. Biotechnology, high tech interface, bio enhancement, brain gate, nanotechnology, of course, AI, robo sapien, homo superior, transcendent man, cyber consciousness, synthetic alchemy, digital alchemy, synthetic intelligence, organic intelligence. All right. Now, the reason I'm giving you these terms is because what's happening is they're talking around you. If you don't understand these terms, you don't know what they're talking about or have an idea of what these terms are. ChatGPT is a prime example. Y'all thought ChatGPT was God. Now, the, the stats are coming out that it's a 4% success rate based on media programming. Same thing with when we deal with transhumanism and AI in general. You think it's God, but in essence, the quote unquote God is you. You think it has a soul, but in essence, the soul is you. You think it has a a consciousness, but in essence, the consciousness is you. In order for it to exist, you have to exist. It can't exist without you, meaning AI and technology in general. This is what I mean by approaching things from a standpoint of power. You are the power, but you relent the power. This is the reason I do what I do on a daily basis one-on-one with people every day working with people to assist them so they can tap into the quote-unquote god activation and manifest that activation and it is a technology and we're doing this every day whether we in canada whether we in london whether we in south africa whether we all over the united states that's what we are doing every day consulting people assisting people being there for people that's what this is about.
3: All right. Hold everything right day. there. We got to take a quick break here and take our last look at the news traffic and weather in our different cities. And thank you, Sister Fahima and folks. Just go onto my website. You can see the free uh, AI courses at Stanford, Vanderbilt, Georgia Tech, Pan, Harvard. And you, and because we need our people in there and they're all free. But before I go, let me, I got a question from my brother Leroy down in Louisiana for you. I'll let you respond when we get back though. He says, Good morning. Uh, ask him about Elon Musk's Neuralink program, which wants to interface with the human brain. Brain. Is that morally right? Is that morally right? I think that's what it, it turns into. my oh, head. Uh, Order correct here. Uh, technically good and and uh, really cause problems for the, the humanity in the future. And he adds, I don't trust Elon Musk. So I'll, I'll let you respond right. to that tweet when we get back. Family, you want to join us too? Reach out to us at 800 450 7876. 26 away from the top. I'll be back in four minutes right here with his response in your phone calls on 1010 WOLB in Baltimore and also in the DMV on FM 95.9 and AM 1450. WOL, Or information is power. Good morning again, family. Futuristic researcher, Brother Siddiqui, is our guest this morning. and discussing uh, discussing God, uh, God Activision technology and Ascension algorithms and also transhumanism and, and their relationship to that. If you got a question, reach out to us at 800-450-7876. Before we go back to him, though, let me just remind you, coming over the next few days, you're going to hear from a Pan-African re- Reparations Activist Dr. David Horn, and also journalist Brother Obi, is going to join us. But before we left, we spoke with, uh, well, actually, it was a tweet from Brother Leroy down in the Louisiana, and the tweet says ask him about Elon Musk's Neuralink program which wants to interface with the human brain is that morally right is that technically good and could it really cause problems for humanity in the future and he adds I don't trust Elon Musk Bella right. Siddiqui.
6: well that's a much broader question and I've, I've dealt with this for years when you deal with ethics morals integrity and you're dealing with technology and A.I., um, it's it's a serious, serious issue because these are the same people or descendants of those people who have um, so-called uh, enslaved our people, um, who have done all of the desecration and degradation all over the planet, specifically dealing with our people. These are the same people and descendants of those people um, So what makes you think there's going to be morals and ethics and integrity and values when you deal with AI and technology? It's not. It's a reason I keep using the word pathology so people understand what's taking place. It's a pathology. It's the reason I use the term in the word psychopath. You have black people who's listening right now who have a problem with me calling them psychopaths even though the history has proved it, even though their own psychologists and psychiatrists themselves say it and say that a psychopath cannot be rehabilitated. It's not me saying it. That's their own academicians, psychologists and psychiatrists. All right. So that's what you're dealing with. Now, what would make a person think that Neuralink or, or tapping into a person's brain technologically is something that we should embrace now why would they want to tap into your brain that's the question we talked about they need you they need your consciousness they need your awareness they need your thoughts they need all of these things that comes from you primordially or organically so again they're talking about building and creating systems as far as AI is concerned, based off of the system that is in relationship to quote unquote God or connected to the all in one energy or um um akashic intelligence, all right? That's what they're attempting to tap into because guess who's tapped into it? We are. So of course I don't support it. I don't support any intrusive technologies that they are talking about to be in us as humans. Again, unless it is something that is last resort, that is necessary, health purposes, things of that nature. If someone loses a leg and, and, and there's a technology to um, a, a robotic type of limb, then obviously I'm not against that, obviously. And again, really, I'm not against technology, period. Let me, let me preface it. I'm just for our divinity. I'm for our continuing to ascend. I'm for Kepra. I'm for organic transmutation and alchemy, not synthetic, not artificial. That's what I am for. That's what I focus on. And I teach people how to do that.
8: And real quick, Carl,
6: let me do this. Let me do this, Carl. Go
7: ahead.
6: April 6th. Tentatively, I'll be in Maryland with Dr. Baruch. April 6th, Maryland. I want the listeners to know y'all all all come out, show your love. We're going to be live and direct. April 6th in Maryland with Dr. Baruch. And I want to give the Grand Master Ashra Quasi a huge shout out for connecting us. All right. So put that on your calendars. April 6th, Maryland, your brother Siddiqui Bakari is coming right. and we're going in. All
3: right. 14 after the time. I'm going to share another tweet for you. Uh, the tweeter says, Jenga S- Siddiqui Bakari, is the training for so many people in cybersecurity and not other Specialties in information technology at the same rate. Will this cybersecurity and the, the the thing keeps jumping up and down on my computer? It, it's it's will this will this cybersecurity professionals become the watchers? Example, the police. Just a question.
6: Well, it depends on who's dealing with the cybersecurity. That's the question. If it, again, if it's going to benefit us, great. We have social media platforms that's going to benefit us. Great. But just know anything that's on the Internet or dealing with the Internet is going to be uh, they're going to have access to it. Or they're going to know what's going on. So just want to throw that out there for people as well.
3: And once again, can you talk to the folks who like to put all their information on the internet? They like to tell yes. people, to show their latest clothes or the the club right. or the latest drink and the, right. all their information, and they think you know that it's 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 gone once 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 you posted it, it's still out there in, in the ether. What is there any way you can retrieve that and cancel that, or, or just you just shouldn't no. post those the kind of things?
6: No, 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 no. Don't do it. people look at the end of the day again what are they doing they're taking this data what are they doing with this data they're doing several things one thing is they're using the data to create an avatar for you to put you inside quote-unquote of the internet that's what they're doing mark zuckerberg already told people this from a standpoint of, of of the mission and goal of meta just to put you in virtual reality, in the virtual world. That's the point. That's one of the points, all right? Also, to create a physical clone of you and then to uh, download that information or data into this, quote-unquote, clone of you. That's another thing that they're doing, why Neuralink... That's why now they're attempting to get people to be okay with Neuralink, all right? Again, it's about your data, your information, your experiences, your emotions, your thoughts, your actions, what do you do on a daily basis consistently, constantly learning from you, but you think you're learning from it. Your first thing uh, is Google, not your own brain.
3: Right, and people will think that they just can't, So there's billions of people on this planet. You know, how can my little? What can they do with my little information? How can they extract that uh, when you compare it to the, all the people on this planet that have information? How can they harvest this information for their good? How can they do everybody? So mine's going to slip through the tr- the, the cracks. No. Can you address that? No,
6: it's not. It's not going to slip through the cracks. It's the reason you have a digital phone that they have connected to whatever they have it connected to, right? That's why you have a computer that's connected to whatever it is that they have it connected to. All these forms of technology are connected to some type of a hierarchy where it is able to be saved. That's what's happening. Back in the day, they talked about Skynet and all these other things. Well, those things are real. Those things exist. Y'all think that these movies are science fiction. These movies are nonfiction. That's what y'all don't understand. Many, some of you don't understand that the movies are reality. The technologies do exist. And if they are showing it in the movie, it's existed for at least 50 years. Internet been here since the 50s, maybe even longer. But documentation says the 50s. Internet has been here. You didn't know that. We didn't have it. Obviously, the people didn't have it. But the government did, and it was used for surveillance and counterintelligence. It wasn't used for social networks and you being able to contact your high school sweetheart and all of that. No, it wasn't used for that. It was used specifically for warfare. As I've always stated, when you deal with technology and AI, it's a warfare component. While you playing games, it's a warfare component to every aspect of
4: technology.
3: So every, every the Internet and all of that, this, this artificial intelligence was, was uh, created for, for military purposes?
6: Well, that's the origin of it, for counterintelligence and surveillance. That's the origin. When you go research it and, and look at it, that was the origin of it. So that's for warfare and military purposes.
3: So and having said that, that, then... It is now. Having said that though, Brother Sidika, that means that there's other uh uh, uh standards that, that are already recreated that they haven't unleashed on us So let us use Correct. it. Just like Correct. just like they have the internet for years, decades before yes. they let the John Public get it. So there are other ones yes. that are out there.
6: Correct. Nazis had computers. <laughs> okay. So I mean, just this and this is in no way deifying Western science and technology. But we just have to understand what it is. By the time the people get it, it's already old.
3: Yeah. Brother Sadiqi, speaking about old, we got to get out of here. Before we go, though, if folks want to get in, in touch with you, here. they want to get in, into your program and get your books, yeah. how do they reach you?
6: SadiqiBakari at hotmail.com. S A D I K I B A K A R I. Bukhari at hotmail.com. As well, you can uh, message me, direct message me on Facebook or Instagram. Um, You're messaging me or emailing me for the class, which is January 7th. Email me. You must register by Friday. You will get the details from me. Books, same thing. Email me one-on-one. If you say, Siddiqui, I want to work one-on-one with you, I'm ready to go to the next level. Let's do that. Email me for that. I'll give you the rates and, and what we need to do. From here, I appreciate you, Carl. Nothing but love. I appreciate all my teachers. I also appreciate the listeners. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And of course, my children, my wife, all of the above, mother, father, so on and so forth.
3: All right. Thank you, Brother Siddiqui, and happy Kwanzaa.
6: Thank you, brother.
3: Happy family. We're going to run out of here. Stay strong. Stay positive. Please stay healthy. We'll see you tomorrow morning, second day of Kwanzaa, right here in Baltimore on 1010 WOLB and also in the DMV on FM 95.9 and AM 1450. WOL, where information is power.